Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody, it's time. It's time for the greatest moment in gaming of 2020. That's right. It's the annual, I've got the name of the podcast, All the Small small Games games. Indie Game of the Year Award with your hosts, Andrew Levins. And me, Jonathan Valenzuela. We're here. It's been uh, a whole year since we last crammed into my study uh, to spend hours together as we count down our favorite indie games of the year. Uh, it's been, an, an, uh, I'm sure, a bizarre year for everybody, but definitely a bizarre year for this podcast where we sure. had moments where we were like week, like every week getting a new episode out and suddenly no episode for months. Yeah. But uh, you know, one thing was constant and that was a love for each other and a love for indie games and also a love for you, dear listener. <laughs> In that order though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Ourselves, games, listeners. Sometimes our love for you, it fell by the wayside a little bit, but you know, it's always been there. And I think this... Uh, this next couple of hours, because we will be talking for a couple of hours on this one. None of this split episode nonsense like we did last year. So yeah, well, there's a few questions. Like I, I, I was like, oh, do we work this out before I hit record? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. We're doing like, this live. Everyone is going to find out how the sausage is made. Oh boy. Um, or the small spot. The small sausage <laughs> is made. Uh, so all right. Last year we split it up over two episodes. Yes. Do you say nay to that? Uh, I mean, you put it forward, and I agree. Let's just let's just do it. Right. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers! It's a fucking three-hour long yeah. episode of all the small games. Uh, we might need to take breaks. Um, sure. la- last year, the highlight. I'm not like I remember this as one of the best days of my of of my year last year. Sure. I don't know how much of that is. You know, obviously, a big part of it is talking about games with you for an extended period of time in one of my favorite rooms in the world. My study. I, I love this room myself. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, but a big part of uh, what made last year so special was that an ice cream truck rocked up in the <laughs> middle of us recording, and I just remember us both going, "Ice cream! It's ice cream time!" And so we ran out. And got ice creams and but then... it's worth it's worth making sure that for listeners around the world when we say ice cream truck we don't mean like plain green sleeves you buy a cone yeah this was a refrigerator on wheels that i think we each bought a 30 pack of yeah, ice they creams only out sell of. ice cream like popsicles of, yeah uh, in bulk yeah so <laughs> we both had like these big boxes of ice creams that we then like and then i was like oh look big like i bought a- we- me and john both bought boxes of ice cream and she was like oh i also bought boxes <laughs> of ice cream so we had like 90 90- ice creams in my house for a while great time Fantastic. really very good summer we're really hoping for it to uh to happen again today but fingers crossed it might not if uh, it doesn't we're still here covid cancelled ice cream oh boy i would believe it oh true anything you lick in this in, in, <laughs> in this, this economy, economy? <laughs> um okay so that's that out of the way it's going to be an extra long episode of all sure. the small games um, if this is the only the first episode of this of this podcast you listen to every time we record all we talk about is indie games yes that's it no big budget 
schmutz. Not intentionally. Yeah, sometimes inadvertently. But uh, uh, this is our our big celebration of the year that was. And um, I have a few questions um, regarding how what the rules are for our top tens. I probably have some for you as well. Okay, so are we counting games that were released on other consoles in years previous to 2020 that that came out on the platform that we played them on this year? This is a difficult one because there are definitely games that I have not put on my... um, put on my list because of that reason cool. they came out like came out on switch this year but came out on pc last year and i was like mm, can't really do that however there is one glaring exception with a loophole attached to is it is that hades it is hades yeah, okay, sure, and yeah. the reason being hades released on the switch when it went version 1.0 so technically the f- release on the switch was the first instance of a complete version of before hades before it was just early access before it was early access like i think when it first released on PC, it was only the first two levels of hell. Okay. And there was no big boss fight at the end or anything like that. So the Switch release represents the ultimate completed version of Hades. Yep. Thus eligible for inclusion. However, if it's like, oh, it was released in 2019, but they ported it to Switch. Okay. All right. That I've struck off. Luckily, I've created two lists. Oh, wow. Okay, um, cool. Uh, so I have an extended honorable mentions uh, yes, list. Yes, I, I have quite a hefty honorable mentions section uh, as well. Do you have any other questions, John? So I, when I was going through, I had, I've got my top 10. Yep. I've got an honorables, honorable mention or shout out section, as I've called it. Yep. I also have... A missed out on. Yeah, okay, I've got it. That, that's pretty enormous too for me. And I have a what's coming up. Like as in like... 2021. Oh, okay. The cool. games to look forward to in 2021. Okay, so that's the end of the episode, I'm, obviously. Of course. I'm happy to wear that one myself and you can just pop in some stuff if you're not... If you haven't prepared thoughts I, I'm on pretty those. sure my two most anticipated games of next year are also your two most anticipated indie games of next year. I've got a bunch of anticipated, so they're probably on the list. Okay, excellent. Looking forward to that at the yes. end of the episode. There's so much to look forward to in this, like, as I said, the greatest event in video games in 2020. <laughs> um, they cancelled E3 and gave all the money to us. So that wasn't a question. Do you have another question? Um, what order do you want to go in? Um, honorable, top, top honorable, 10 first. honorable mentions. Honorable mentions first. Okay, that's interesting. Because that might that might take away some of the surprise of what's on each oh, other's list. Okay, all right. This is because this, this is, is why we talk these things through at the beginning. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. So December for me is my worst month for video games because okay. I have even you know in spite of how different 2020 was to the last couple of years because of COVID, um, I still ended up having like the busiest bookings because sure, of like of private course. Christmas events and I was just DJing and writing a lot more than usual. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to play very many games. However, for you, I feel like December represents like fuck off every other element of my life. I'm playing video games, which it, I'm extremely envious of. It was just, it was a situation. I saw this, this shining moment of the year. <laughs> what we're doing right now was sitting in the distance and it just, for some reason I was galvanized to be like, I looked at the list I'd put together and I'm like, these are all good, but I started looking through articles of like, because the, tw- the best of 2020 articles start rolling out. Mm-hmm. So I was jumping in those and being like, what have I missed? Is there any glaring like holes in what my, my gaming was this year that I should catch up on? And there were actually, out of reading those lists, there were two games that, that entered my top 10. 
Yeah, that right. That were cool. not in there prior to December, even prior to like two weeks ago. There are several games in my top ten that I haven't talked about on the podcast before. Oh know? yeah, there's so. there's probably a few for me because we've we've you know there've been gaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just and look, and that's the thing. Not not all of these games have made it onto any of the lists. There were definitely some. You know, I sunk time to some absolute pooches over the last three or so <laughs> what weeks. Is it called? Sorry, pooches. Oh right, like. Crap games. Okay. Stuff that I'm like... Oh, no, not an actual game called Pooches. No, 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 no. I was no. like, that sounds fun. Although, let's let's soft, I, let's soft pitch that one later on in the episode. I was just playing a game with my son called Fogs, where you yes. play as two, like a stretchy... Essentially, like remember that cartoon Cat Dog? Yes. What if they were both dogs? Dog Dog. So it's Dog Dog, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, so not all of them are worth mentioning, but I definitely like picked up the amount of stuff I was... Like the amount of time I spent playing stuff... Uh, playing across both Switch and PC to make sure that I was cool. getting good diversity in. So my, um, yeah, actually, my I have this is the most console representation. Uh, oh, oh, ever. of course, because I've yeah, you got know, a third as, one as a, in your lineup. Well, yeah, I mean, also there's games I played on PS4, games I played on PS5, games I played on Xbox uh, One S, sure, Series S, God yes, damn it. <laughs> and, and and games I played on Switch. Um, but, uh, I have some caveats to my honorable mentions that I think uh, justify getting them out of the way first. My honorable mentions are the games that were, that came out on other consoles before 2020. And also I have like ones that games that I enjoyed playing in co-op with, with the kids that didn't make my top 10. Sure. Definitely. Okay. So maybe we should do at the very least the, uh, 2019, sorry, like, you know, the, the earlier games. That, that that didn't make that, that that aren't eligible for our very very rule heavy top tens because they came out on other consoles first. I think I have but one to add to that, which is good. Okay, I can, cool. I can keep that in mind. All right, so um, let's kick things off with that. Then we'll get into our top tens. Um, of course. Oh wait, we're doing honorable mentions first. Well, just this this is my secret honorable mention of like games that were released. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, cool. Hit me. Um, so my honorable mentions for this year and this first one hurt so much because it was one of my absolute favorite games of the year and that is a short hike yes absolutely um so a short hike oh love that game is a is a brilliant little game um that was uh made by uh, one fella um adam robinson Yu from canada um developed by adam griu which i guess is his name um and uh it's a unity game um and published by himself uh it came out on switch in the middle of the year yes and a, a lot of um I feel like a lot of I did a lot of gaming with my son this year, who's about to turn seven. Archie, he may even may even have a cameo in this episode. Oh, right. That was another reason why last year's episode was so funny. Archie showed up in the middle of one of the episodes, yeah. and we got him to do his top five. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I'm sure he has he's got some opinions because we played way more games this year than we did last year. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, a short hike, just a, a absolute joy to to play a game that I could easily play again. Um, I feel yes. like the you know you you're playing this little bird who has to climb a mountain. Essentially, it's like like Animal Crossing meets Celeste. Yes, I, I think that's what we discussed when we talked and, about And it Animal Crossing great. and my disappointment in it influence a lot of what the, what games I liked, like loved through this year. Okay. Because I am like a... I've, I've played every Animal Crossing game except the GameCube one. And so when it came out on Switch this year, I was like, oh, by the way, a new Animal Crossing game. And I grew tired of it faster than I ever have in an Animal Crossing game before. Just like quality of life improvements that I was expecting Nintendo to add that it just didn't. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm operating from a position of I've never played it before, and I just went in and after a week and a half of trying to be like find the groove, find the thing you love about this, just I was like I 
this is such a weird and empty game for me. Yeah. No, I get that. I think it is a very like kind of social game. So if you are visiting your friends' islands and yeah. stuff, then it is a lot more enjoyable. The kids love it, and I feel bad that I'm like, no, we're not playing yeah. it. Like this stupid grouch that won't let them enjoy the Christmas festivities of their animal game. But um, there were some games that had elements of Animal Crossing that I played this year that I liked a lot more than Animal Crossing. Okay. And the first of those is a short hike. Uh, next on my list of games that unfortunately could not be made due to rules of one John Vanderslet. <laughs> hey, we agreed on these rules. <laughs> um, uh, so, CrossCode. Okay. Yep. yep, yep. Which is a, a, an excellent game, uh, an enormous game that I didn't get around to finishing. I'm about 10 hours into it. Um, it's like a like kind of throwback 2D action RPG um, that was uh, developed by Radical Fish Games. Um, and it originally came out in like 2015, I think in, in like a very early version on PC and has basically got improvements over the years on PC. There is a definitive version on Steam, but it only came to Switch this year um, after like two years of them saying they were going to bring it to sure. Switch. Um, it's excellent. I think uh, playing it with on, on Switch and handheld is, is the best way to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a game that I will during at some point a, a moment of downtime time after having such a busy December I will hopefully uh, get back to it and try and finish that motherfucker because sure. it was good um, similarly two games that came out in December last year these ones hurt I hate that I can't include <laughs> yeah. them uh, because there was no way I was getting enough time in with them before we recorded course, last year uh, one of them is Watam yep. um, which is uh, the game made by the dude who made um, Katamari Damacy and Nobi Nobi Boy. Um, his name is Keita Takahashi. Um, and uh, it was developed by uh, Phenomena and published by Annapurna Interactive. Remember that name. I dare say we're going to hear it again oh, this episode. Oh, so many times. <laughs> um, Watam is like a very colorful and fun game that I played with the kids where you uh, can take over inanimate objects and kind of basically every every object in the world is a, is a, is a living thing. And you have to like kind of hold hands with the living things to create magic in this in this wacky world um and like you can you know become a toilet at one point and like and you can people can poo in you and then you create <laughs> poos and and the poos can walk around and then they can get turned back into food it's nonsense but it was really really fun sounds wild and the kids loved every second of it and finally like this easily would have been in my top three if i was allowed to include it and that is the final campaign in shovel knight shovel knight king of cards of which came out in the first week of december last year um, published by Yacht Club Games. It's available on everything. Um, and if you are one of the people that bought that original version of Shovel Knight, however many years ago, for like 20 bucks or whatever, every campaign of Shovel Knight has been added to it, including this one. The best value package. Just insane value for ever. Um, and, you know, I, I was worried that this wouldn't live up to my expectations because I, I feel like I, I knew it was coming for years. I thought it would be, you know, a shoe in for my game of the year two years ago, let alone just last year. But yeah, it finally came out at the end of last year. And, um, a great mix of, of platforming with, with I think, the most fun-to-control character in the series so far. And then you also had this excellent puzzle game element um, called Joustus. Yes, um, of course. Uh, which was like a card game that you play with uh, various inhabitants of the of the Shovel Knight universe, which has grown so oh, the, much. the SKU. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I adore that universe. Oh, I love course, those characters. Yeah. I love Yacht Club games. Um, spoiler alert, my most anticipated game is uh, of next for next year is their next published game. Which uh, we'll talk about. We'll talk about later at the end of the episode. Uh, but yeah, an unbelievable finale to an, an excellent series that is Shovel Knight. So those are my unfortunate games that uh, that could that could not include. Um, I I only have one. 
Uh, and I think this definitely would have made the list if it was fully released this year, but it was, it came out on PC in like 2019 sometime and only came to Switch this year. It is Yuppie Psycho mm. by uh, Baroque Decay. Um, I was a big fan of the Count Lucanor when I went in on it, uh, I think earlier this year, yeah, last right. year. Uh, so I've been like hanging out for ages for Yuppie Psycho to come along. And finally it was released on Switch. Uh, even though I could have played it on my laptop at any point, but I just, it was a sort of game that like with my switch, I can dive a lot deeper into games cause I can play them at work. I can play them while we're watching TV with my wife, all that kind of stuff. PC is a bit more like a bit more of a setup requires more of my attention, but it's, uh, it's a fantastic, um, really kind of creepy, uh, especially at some parts, I guess adventure game you'd call it action adventure game you play a, a young man who has been offered a job at one of the world's biggest corporations and on your first day you discover that the reason you've been given this job is because you need to hunt a witch who has been cursing this company hmm. uh, and it just plays on all these tropes of like corporate life and working in an office that that you know resonates with me because of my work history um not sure if that'd resonate with you, Levins, because you've been independent as hell since day one. I know. It is completely unable to work for anybody yeah. since I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I highly... Don't, re- like, don't hire me. I'll rob, I'll rob you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> History has proven this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I just think if, you, if you're a fan of games that have both, both humour and horror in them, I think it's definitely worth checking out. It's really fun. Great kind of retro aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Very enjoyable. That's, awesome. That's my uh, that's that's my specific games that were released last year and eligible for my top ten list. I do also have a list of stuff that didn't make the top ten this year, but I think is worth yeah. I'll, I've got shining a few of those some too. light on as well. So I'll leave them for my end of we'll end, end, end of the list all. too. All right. So before we get into the top tens, just to delay it, just oh, by sure. a few more minutes, we are edging our audience at this point. <laughs> um, you and me last year guessed what each other's number one game was, sure. or attempted to guess. Um, I think I got yours right. You got mine wrong. Probably. To the point yeah. where you were like, you forgot that my, my favorite game of the year even existed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so I'm going to guess uh, that your favorite indie game of the year was Wasteland 3. Okay. What, what do you guess is mine? Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. All right. All right. Let's see how we go, buddy. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to start at number 10 in the official All the Small Games. Uh, to, oh, wait. You had another... I just don't want to do this top 10. Really. <laughs> no, you had another uh, thing. You said that you are only expecting two crossover games. Three. 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 Okay. I'm going to go one more. I'm going to say four. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. Because my... I, think, I think this is going to be an incredibly diverse year between our two lists. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think we've both... Because I was saying... I was, we, just, we just had our big end of year poll on a, a ga- video game group. We're on Facebook. And it was really wild. I'm I'm the one that does the tallies, the votes, and everything. This is a, a group of our, all of our friends. A lot. Of, if you listen to our podcast and and all of our weird, you know, sister podcasts from Hey Found to Filthy Casuals, yeah, um, all those guys are in there too. So yeah. we always kind of do like an end of year poll of all of our favorite games. And I think the winning game was like Last the, of the Last, Last of Us Two. Everybody gets six votes. Twenty eight people voted. Last of Us Two got like forty three votes. Hades in second place got twenty eight, mm-hmm. and then the next one down got nine votes to get number three. So it was this weird, like, huge spread of game. Like thirty thirty to forty games got voted for, 
And it was a weird year of like, I don't think there are any tentpole games that people gravitated to, but there are a lot of games that really spoke to individual tastes. So I think that's what we're going to see here is like a ton of games that like, I love this game because of my very particular taste. You love that game because of your very particular taste, as opposed to like, here is a game that was so all encompassing that it, it was, you know, both of us found stuff in it that we loved. Um, do you want to go through our top 10 from last year? Do we pull that up? Uh, I didn't get a chance to pull it up, but I can probably... From memory, my, I mean, whatever. My favorite game last year was Blasphemous. And yours was the one that... Uh, like It's like a big RPG um, where you, you wake <laughs> up and you're like, your character is like drunk or hungover. Oh, Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium. That yeah. will be my game of the year next year when they do the director's cut release with extra content in it. Okay, great. Awesome. On the Switch. I think that's all we need to do. And you get to play it. <laughs> but I think one thing that you're going to see missing from um, our list this year is um, Apple Arcade games. Yes. Last year we had at least two or three. You probably you would have had Grindstone. Grindstone was in Hearts, there, yep. And um, What the Golf. Yes. Um, and I don't think either of us have any. I mean, it's, that's my guess anyway. I have Ooh. one right. in my shout-out section. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, without further ado, although... No. Oh, wait. Here we go. Let's get into it now. Uh, number 10. John, do you want to go first? What's your number 10 game? Twenty. Uh, my number 10 game for the year of our Lord 2020 is Cook, Serve, Delicious 3. Okay, excellent. So, released by Vertigo Gaming out of Texas, self-published. Uh, it's a cooking simulator combined with a post-apocalyptic road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the first one of these games. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's this entertaining blend of like trying to improve your restaurant, uh, and having to deal with like these hectic cooking scenarios. The second one fell really flat because they took the, like building your restaurant element out of it. The third one, it's the combination of bringing, bringing that element back where you're like competing, you know, to, you Essentially, you're trying to survive on this road trip to get to a competition and be the best food truck there is. But it's also the fact that it's this weird post-apocalyptic world that you're in. Mm-hmm. You have robots as like your 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 you know your sous chef, I guess, and your driver of the food truck. You can get attacked when you're driving from um, location to location. You have to fight people off. Just such a weird blend of all these elements, while maintaining that core gameplay of like having to cook under intense amounts of pressure. Just, I was like, this is a return to form. I love this. I'm so glad it's back, essentially. So that gets my number 10 spot. Um, so one question that I want us to ask ourselves um, after we um, <laughs> after we say what each game is, is the first question is, did you finish this game? Did you roll credits on this game? I have not rolled credits on this game. And more importantly, have you? can you fish in this game? <laughs> No, you, you can't. can't. Fish. You can All cook right. fish, but that, that doesn't okay, count. I mean, I give it, I give it a pass. Let's give it a half for that. Um, it's out on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. This is how organized I am. I have a table with all this information. Very good. You'll not hear any typing from me during this episode. <laughs> I might look. I, I have to type, but in fairness, my my typing is like like fairy fairy tapping oh, right. compared to your yeah, of course. enormous potato thumping. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> um, so uh, my number, number 10, 10 11, game 10. of the year is a game we both played. Um, it was published uh, by Team 17, developed by Agro Crab, and it's called Going Under. Ah, radio. And it is the roguelike that um, I think, you know, came out just way too <laughs> just close to the one, the roguelike that everyone absolutely adored and wouldn't shut the fuck up about for the rest of the year. Yes. Um, of course, I'm talking about Hades, but um, Going Under, I think, had 
um, the bed, like a, a, a more like fun and unique, uh, not, not, to, not to, to slight any of the incredible world building or writing that is in Hades and like, you know, no shits, Hades is going to show up later on my list anyway. Of but course. I think going under had like, for me, like a way more like weird and enticing world. Um, which was the the tech world, except it's the tech world with monsters in it. Yes. Um. And so you're you're working at a new startup, and before you do any actual work, your boss tells you to go and rid the rid the dungeons beneath your 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 company of monsters, monsters that have formed their own startup. Yes. Um. And uh, you know, the gameplay is is fun. You're basically picking up anything that you can find and using it as a weapon to take out enemies. Um. And the combat is nowhere near as uh fluid and um and 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 good as mm. as Hades which I think is as as a big fault to it but I think going under again that which I have not finished uh, sure. but I really really enjoy it is a game that I'll be definitely revisiting uh next year and uh I don't think you can fish in it okay there we go yeah. I was going to ask the question yeah I, re- I really liked going under um but like you said just Hades was there as this giant mountain blocking all the sunlight from. Is it rogue like or rogue light? Rogue like. Rogue light. Rogue light. Yeah. Oh, I swear <laughs> we. I swear we discussed this on an episode once. Whatever. They, they yeah. sound. They sound too similar for yeah, us exactly. to not get wrong constantly. They're dungeon crawlers. Sure. That's another way to go. Yeah. Um. But this. Yeah. Going under is available on Switch, PS4, Xbox, or PlayStation, Xbox, and uh, and PC. Nice. Uh, really fun games. Looks looks great. Excellent music um, and and terrific writing too. Yeah, worth really a shot fun. if you were like you know I can only play one roguelite a year because you know Hades will take me forty hours to complete. Yeah, uh, give going under a shot. Who knows? Maybe they won't put out any roguelite roguelites next year. Uh, it's almost definitely wrong. Just <laughs> yeah, just take a year off roguelites. Uh, you want to keep it rolling? You want to hit us with your number nine? Okay, number nine. My number nine game is another game that we both played and I think both finished, and that is uh, a game called The Eternal Castle Remastered. <gasps> of course, yes. Um, this was a game uh, developed by uh, in, in Italy by Leonard Menciari, Daniele Vincenzo, and uh, Julio Perone. Um, it was published by Playsaurus and TFL Studios. And... Uh, it was a very fun concept in that they pitched this as a like you know a kind of Atari era game that was lo- like lost to time and that they had remastered called the yeah. Eternal Castle, in which you play like a, a fallen pilot who has to fight her way uh, through three different worlds and and beat bosses. But it's all what's the? It's like rotoscope um, graphics, like rotoscope yeah, graphics. Yeah, ro- it's very similar to um, another world. Yes, or, um, yes, yeah. Those uh, games, those kind of, like, like genuine old old games, um, yeah. And it, it is the the visuals are crazy. Um, I've I've played finished this. I have I've played it. I played finished it once, but I've played it through almost to completion a second time on my TV because I just loved the the, the graphics so much. And I was like, I kind of did it a disservice to it playing it in handheld mode. True. Now I have a fucking sick TV setup, um, and like honestly, for a game that is like a um you know a throwback, there's so many. Um, elaborate like flashing colors and, and and effects that it did chug a little bit on the switch so now i'm considering do i want to buy this or play it on uh actually it's only on switch and, and pc at the moment but mm-hmm. I mean, this is a game that i'm sure will show up on game pass actually that's something that we should add to this is this game available I, on game pass i was it it occurred to me last night go through my list figure out what's on game pass i just didn't get around to it 
Um, I reckon at least four or five of the games on my list are, are on Game Pass. Game Pass totally replaced Apple Arcade for me. I think we can we can do this we can do this live. I mean, get, yeah, okay, sure. I'm typing as live well, as well, possible. I, 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 know, I know for a fact Eternal Castle isn't even on, isn't yeah, even on Xbox yet. But um, typing quietly so as not to offend your delicate sensibilities. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Eternal Castle was was really great. Brilliant soundtrack. Yeah. Um, super unsettling enemies that you have to. There was there's like a haunted house level. That um, one was pretty damn it was, that was just up fucking there. awesome yeah. like and like what a great you know you can you can knock this one out in two hours and i think that in itself is a, is part of the appeal of indie games mm. for me like i mean numerous games that made my list are like you know 20 hours or more but i think when i you know in and in, 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 during a busy week if i know i just have a window an afternoon or whatever uh, where I can play a game and I want to have a complete experience. That's, that's where I can turn to my good friend Indie Games Hell to help yeah. me out. And uh, Eternal Castle definitely uh, delivered. Uh, it, go watch the trailer and 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 be excited knowing that the game lives up to like everything the, the trailer promises, which is very rare for a game to do. I, I enjoyed it. I, my one gripe, and this is probably something you'll disagree with me on, is I just wanted a little bit more input from the game on how to play it. Because I think like... After almost three quarters of the game, I somehow by accident wound up on the control screen and was like, wait a minute, I can pick up more than one weapon? Because <laughs> there were a number of times where I'm like, well, my gun's out, so I just got to work out how to survive. I haven't, you know, there's yeah. no other weapons around here. Or like, I think I was also like, there's a sprint button? I think, I think you know, it is trying to be like one of those old games that had no... Yeah. That, you know, the idea of having, putting a tutorial in your game in the 80s or early 90s was just unheard of. Sure. So, yeah, no, I, I kind of get that they're, they're kind of going for it. You get, do get a very vague explanation of what to do in the first first few moments. Yeah. But, but otherwise, yeah, I, I thought it was a very enjoyable game. Mm. All right. Cool. Uh, unfortunately, you can't fish in this game. No fishing. And uh, what was the other one we're doing? Uh, did I finish it yet? Yes, you did. We we both we both roll credits on that bad boy. All right, my number nine, number nine game of the year. So this is an interesting one. This is one that popped in. This is one that made the list within like literally the last three days. Well, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So this is a game called There Is No Game: Colon Wrong Dimension. I've never even heard of this You're game. Damn right, you've never. How heard of How did this you game. hear of this game? This is one of the. Can games- you fish in it? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the games that uh, I just was looking around a random list. I think I can't remember the website, but it was like five, five, ge- five, like very small games you might have missed this year. And this was up on that list. I had a look at it and was like, this looks very much like my jam. Bought it, played it, finished it, tick off roll credits. Excellent. And was like, yep, I love that. That was fantastic. This needs to make the list. So the concept of There Is No Game, colon, wrong dimension is. You boot it up, and immediately you have a narrator. The narrator is the game itself. And if if you're wondering what the person sounds like, imagine a French-Canadian strong bad. <laughs> like, that's what the narrator sounds like. Okay. It's, it's great. So already that's a tick for me of, like, this is weird and funny. It is a game telling you that there is no game to play. Why don't you just quit? The quit button's over there. Just hit quit. You could go and read a book. You could go outside. You could go do anything. Of course, you, wanting to play a game, refuse to do that. So the initial sort of section of the game is you... The game throwing up all these obstacles to stop you from playing. So it might be like a wooden plank with screws all over it. And you can, like, scroll back to another screen and pull part of the, like, game scenery off and use it as a screwdriver 
to undo the screws and reveal the play button and then the guy will get pissed again so like the game will slap a metal plate with a lock and you need to find a key somewhere and like all of this is you moving back and forth of like the option screen the title screen the like language select screen just clicking on elements and finding stuff that works as the game develops you sort of you cause a glitch in the game or a glitch appears in the game which acts as the game's villain and it keeps throwing you and the game into other different games so like the first game you get thrown into is like a Sherlock Holmes point and click adventure but with this you can actually rotate you're looking you're looking at it on a monitor but you can rotate around the monitor so you can take the back off the monitor and see behind the scenes of the point and click adventure it's very weird wow, and very so meta, meta. Like, that's crazy like the next one you go to is a is like a retro zelda like and then when you try to escape it the glitch gets pissed off sends you back to the beginning but has turned it into like a clicker game that you need to pay to unlock everything for <laughs> it's it's wild it's really funny i like enjoyed the hell out of all the writing and the scenarios you wind up in what did you play it on pc yeah right it is only available on pc uh so could it work on a console or <sighs> maybe maybe game. switch because it's got the touchscreen element but right. i think it's i think it's one that you need a mouse for so it was developed by this one guy pascal camisotto uh he's a french dude uh and it was like um taken from a concept that he won a game jam with initially so there's like two versions of the game out there so I played the one that was like fully done for commercial release. I think he, it was a failed Kickstarter. Right. But he was just like, I've already done three chapters. I just need money to get the last three done. The Kickstarter failed and he was like, fuck it. I'm seeing this through to the end. And it's been popping up on some lists. So I'm really hoping that the guy sees some actual success out of this. What's it called again? Uh, there is no game Wrong Dimension. Available you- on PC and Mac by Draw Me a Pixel from France. Yes. You can fish in this game? Technically. Our first fishing game. There is one puzzle that requires you to get a fish and you do it in a fishing style manner. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, you can <laughs> fish in this game. That'd be amazing if every single game of yours technically had fish in it. <laughs> My top one is Bass Fishing Pro. Weirdly, <laughs> does not feature fishing. Um, right, shall I yeah, kick go, on? Yeah, hit us at number eight. All right, my number eight. For 2020 is Sludge Life. Ah. So, developed by Terry Vellman and Dose One, published by Devolver. And uh, Terry Vellman and Dose One, I think, are names that we will hear again on your list a little bit later on, I reckon. Damn, and not yours. Yeah, interesting. Um, So, it's a first-person vandalism simulator, essentially. You play a character who is trying to get his name known in the graffiti world... You're exploring this strange city that is, like, flooded with sludge from a, an industrial factory located in the city. It is uh, it is strange. It is charming in its own particular way. It is crude in its own particular way. It's very fun to wander around this city, find secrets, work out how to get to graffiti spots. Like, it's got that kind of almost 3D platformer element to it where you're trying to, like, you know, hey, I can see a, I can see a, you know, a spray can symbol up there that symbolizes a spot that I can do a piece on. How the hell do I get there? If I climb these shipping containers and make it onto this crate, I can walk out to there. Da, 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 like, just really fun to figure all that stuff out. Um, 
yeah, I got it for free on Epic. It's something I've been looking forward to for a while. We played a bit of it at the uh, Devolver little showcase that we went to earlier in the like year. March or February, yeah. Yeah, way back then, before everything went to shit. Um, <laughs> went to sludge. Yeah. Uh, and I was really excited about it back then. It was it was an odd feeling of like, this is a game I want to sink into, but I can't really do that in this setting. Mm-hmm. So it was great to actually go in and, and properly enjoy it. Uh, it's got a real fun soundtrack, obviously, because Dose 1 is involved. Um yeah, game that I, I... I rolled credits three times on this game. Really? Because uh, there are three different endings to the game, depending on some... How, little... how much time do you think you, you put into each ending? Well, the funny thing is the the difference of the endings literally only pops up at the end. Like, oh, you okay, can sure. You can go and do this thing at the end, that thing at the end, or that thing at the end. And so I was like, I can tick all these all three of these off. So you like have a save before the end. Yeah, yeah sure. fairly sharpish. Um, but no fishing. Damn, bro. R.I.P. Um, so that is John's number eight. My number eight is a game called Phenotopia Awakening. Ah, yes. Uh, which uh, was originally a uh, a flash. No, it was, it was in uh, Newgrounds, a game made in Newgrounds. Oh, right. Okay. Um, called Phenotopia. Um, but uh, the the developers, um, known as Cape Cosmic, worked on it for many many years. Um, and turn it into this grand, difficult Metroidvania game. Yay. And uh, everyone knows that is my favorite genre of video game. Uh, this year, relatively light on Metroidvanias, I feel like, compared to previous years. There's certainly ones that um, everyone was, was, was talking about. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're right. Actually, there's no Metroidvanias on my list. There's, there's a couple more after this one for me. <laughs> uh, but this was, uh, I think, the, the unsung. Um, I didn't see anyone else talk about this game. Um, and uh, That's why we're here, man. When I emailed the, the the developers that we you know said that we really, really loved it and we when, when i talked about it on the show they were like oh thanks so much for spreading the word like you know we're actually quite disappointed in how the how the game um went on release um but basically you play like a um an orphan who uh lose all, all the adults in her town go missing and it's up to her and a bunch of kids specifically just her um to make her way through the mysterious um uh town of phenotopia um and uh you know brave dungeons and and get new skills and buy new weapons and make yourself stronger and stronger to fight monsters uh to save the day unfortunately i didn't get i wasn't able to finish this game it's a much bigger game than i was expecting um and a much more difficult game than i was expecting too so much so that they have actually patched it to make it easier but i'm still playing it on the difficult mode that originally launched at okay um but uh yeah, I think, uh, look, if you are a fan of Metrovadias, and I, I dare say that most people listening to this show um, either were beforehand or are now because I won't shut the fuck up about them. <laughs> um, Phenotopia Awakening is a pretty cheap one. It's on Steam. It's on um, uh, Switch. Um, that's it. But uh, you can fish in it. And Ooh. the fishing in it, you, can fi- you have to fish. You can't just get health. You have to, like, you have to get animals or monster parts and cook them. Okay. Uh, and then eat them in, in order to get your, your health up. So you can't just eat raw monster parts. Yeah, you can, but you don't get. You either get sick or you don't. You right. only get like one, one bit of health as opposed to like you know twenty. Ah, okay. um, there's, there's a lot to this game, and I, you know you, you unlock so many cool things as you play more of it. Um, you can even you know make your fishing rod stronger. So it actually has the deepest fishing mechanics that oh. I played in a video game this year. Um, and if that won't sell you in a game, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really wanted this game to kind of become like an like a you know a, a success story this year but i genuinely didn't see a single other person talking about it yeah uh, online on podcasts or anything 
Um, it's a really fucking cool game. Great visuals. Unbelievably good chiptune soundtrack. Really, Hell really yeah. catchy melodies. And I think all done by this very small team. Um, uh, definitely check it out. Phenotopia Awakening. My number eight. Nice. All right, roll us into seven. Number seven. So another one of my categories that I was going to put in honorable mentions were games that I played with my son. Yes, um, of course. And the majority of those were co-op games. So I'm going to slot them in here. None of these are my number seven, but I played some great co-op games mm-hmm. uh, with him where uh, you know he and I both had a controller each. And it was the kind of games where you can just, uh, you know, I feel like if, if, if you're playing with a kid, who is relatively new to video games, you don't want there to be like the threat of death constantly. Sure. Um, Cause it just, that will just discourage them from playing. They can see how, the, how much worse they are at games than you. And like, you know, they'll be like, fuck video games. This sucks. You That's do- how so many kids play Minecraft. You don't want to just clown on him in Mortal Kombat 11. Um, not anymore. <laughs> um, I've grown past that. <laughs> when he was four, life. it was fine. Um, Nintendo published a, uh, a game uh, early on in the year called good job. Uh, which was oh, yes. a game that, like, overall, I don't think I think could have been a lot stronger. Basically, you you play like um, an office worker who having having to do a series of tasks on various levels of an office building, um, and everything in the level can be broken. And I saw this as a challenge to break as much as I could in each level. But you get a better score the less you break. Yes, that's not as fun. Make it like like just break as much shit as possible. That's th- super fun. I think we did discuss at the time like have a mode that is time limited and cause as much destruction as you possibly yes, can. Yes, definitely. Because it's not like it's not like you just bumble into stuff and it shatters. Mm-hmm. Like you do have to put some thinking of like pulling uh, a, an electrical cable, you know, you to a socket. I, I played a little bit of it yeah. and like using it as a slingshot to sling a printer. Yeah, there's some, gr- like there's some a, awesome physics mechanics in yeah, this game. Through um, a conference like, room wall and stuff. There are so many moments where we were just like killing ourselves laughing at how funny it was. Uh, so this is de- um, developed by um, Paladin Studios in the Netherlands. Okay. Um, and they, uh, Nintendo actually published it. Um, which is a, a rarity for for a small game, um, so that was really fun to play with Archie. He like you know there was moments of absolute hysterics where sure. like you know we would accidentally slingshot the other person into like ten panes of glass <laughs> and then would knock over like a big gold trophy that would smash into a million pieces and yeah. then you just see this astronomical figure like go up <laughs> in the expenses column and like that that was so funny to us. Sure, um, that was very good uh, at the moment. Um, just as as uh, as John got to my house. Um, Archie, Tilly, and I were playing a game called Fogs, um, and that is the aforementioned uh, Dog Dog. Um, a long time ago, there was a... I can't remember how the, how the cat dog theme went, but basically, in, in, in the 90s, kids, there was a Nickelodeon show about a cat and a dog that didn't have any back hind legs. They just were, they were connected to each other like a big worm. Yeah. And one end was a cat, the other end was a dog. In Fogs, you are both, both ends are a dog. You have no limbs whatsoever. You are just like a worm with, with a dog, <laughs> dog mouth at each end. Uh, Sounds horrific <laughs> when described like that. And uh, you, one, one person controls one dog head, the other one controls the other. So you're always pushing and pulling each other. And there's a bunch of environmental puzzles to solve. There's no threat of death. There's very little, like, you know, if you fuck something up, you just go back and try and do it immediately. Like, you know, you just. Sure. It's it, so far, like, you know, two hours into the game, there hasn't been anything that was challenging to the point where Archie was like, oh, I can't do this. You need to do this by yourself or whatever. Yeah. I know it is playable. One player, you control each dog head with... Joystick. What, like each side of the joystick. Yep. <clears throat> kind of like that Brothers game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it runs a little bit of Snake Pass, which is a very early indie game on the Switch. 
Um, didn't like that game. You play a snake. Very, very weird wiggle mechanics. Uh, but yeah. it looks like, it, like you know, it just looks like like a Unity demo. And I feel like Fogs has the same um, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Just like big bubbly 3D shapes and yeah. animals with happy faces. Who's it by? Um, it was developed by Coat Sync. Okay. Oh, sorry, developed by, yeah, Coat Sync and Bitloom Games and published by Coat Sync. Uh, and it's on Switch, PS4, Xbox, PC, and Google Stadia. <laughs> but it's on uh, Game Pass at the uh, moment. Google Stadia, the Ouya My- of 2020. That, isn't that the KFC console? Or is that the, no, K- the KF, KF console? The KF console, I think, works and has like <laughs> and has games. Isn't like the only like the the best way to play Cyberpunk on Stadia? I read that. What that, like? Like, like because of this, the way the Stadia streams, like if you have a good connection, I guess apparently yeah, the best guess way to play it. If, if you have a good connection, the Stadia is probably a great console to have. But that's not. I mean, they haven't even released it in Australia yet because our internet won't stand up to it. And the KFC computer is just a hot PC yeah. in like a, a fancy case with a chicken warmer. So is it actually going to be released to retail, or is it still like this? My my gut instinct is they'll make a limited amount and send them out to influencers. Oh, cool! The best way to launch anything. Um, yeah, so Fogs uh, and uh, and Good Job were two great games that I loved playing with Archie this year, and of course, um, a short hike. Yes, earlier um, playing that with him was the best ever. Highlight get games highlight of the year. And I wonder if that, when we uh, do call him in here, he'll 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 put that close to the top of his list. Nice. Um, but a game that he and I played together, even though it's not a two player game. Um, uh, and these are look. Humble is the publisher of this one. Excellent. They publish so many really, really sweet adventure games that we've uh, both t- we've talked about. I can fell. We've talked about um, uh, Wonder Song mm-hmm. um, many years ago. These awesome, like super inclusive games that are just about like a young person finding themselves th- via an adventure yeah. and meeting all kinds of awesome characters. And uh, a game that he and I played, um, like. We basically, it's, it's divided up into chapters. We would try and play one chapter before school every day. So it was incentive for Archie to get dressed, make his bed and eat his breakfast early oh, enough. So then we could okay. sit down and have like half an hour to an hour of, uh, of playing a video game before school. And the game is called Kato. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah, published by um, Humble Bundle. Um, it was uh, a game made in Taiwan, I think. Yeah, um, Sunny Sunnyside Studios. Sun, Sunhead Games. Sunhead Games. Um, designed by Liu Ku Chen. Um, it's at the moment available on Switch, PS4, Xbox, um, Windows, and Mac. This is one I can confidently say Xbox Game Pass. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. That's where we played it. Yep. Um, uh, and um, Cardo, a game I finished. Okay, roll credits. I think, yeah, you there, you do fish in this game too. Hell yeah, radio. Um, but in Cardo, you play a cartographer um, who uh, everyone refers to as Cardo. Um, and she is largely mute. Um, she gets separated from her grandma at the very beginning of the game. Um, their their airship crashes, <clears throat> and um, she floats down to an unexplored part of the world. And using the uh, cartography skills that her grandmother has passed down to her, she has to basically um, find pieces of the map in the world that she's explored so far. And then you can... Um, hit a menu button that then opens the map and you can move around and manipulate the map so you can access areas that you weren't able to just by walking to them yeah. because you can physically move pieces of the map so they're closer to you or like you, if you need to walk through a forest you move all the forest pieces together and then there'll be like a hidden secret within yeah. the forest or you know in, in the middle of a lake that you create by putting all the water pieces together snow uh, desert there's so much to love about this. In fact, this and um, Super pa- the what's it called Paper Mario, 
uh, Origami King. Origami King, um, very similar like aesthetic in terms of like a very like very fun environmental puzzles and really really charming writing and characters. Yeah, um, I adored this game. It's really really <clears throat> sweet. Doesn't overstay its welcome at all. There were only one or two puzzles where I was like, "What the fuck am I supposed yeah. to do here?" But I didn't want to like uh, let Archie see me like like go to a walkthrough guide or whatever right, so sure, like, sure, sure. be like okay let's stop playing for now and then like the next day we play it, I was like, oh Archie I think I worked out the puzzle all by myself <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I look Kato was on my list for a while it got knocked down by these these couple of games that I've oh, been so playing played lately oh yeah 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 I awesome. played Kato awesome. haven't, haven't rolled credits on it um, very much enjoyed what I played uh, I think we, we discussed it on the app and I think one thing that really stood out for me is how positive is an it is it is an it fucking hell positive <laughs> it is as an experience that was tough um tougher than you, every puzzle in Carter. yeah uh i mean for instance you talk about like crashing the airship it's your character that causes the airship to crash essentially yes. she does something that causes at no point is there any recrimination your grandmother never gets in contact with you and is like why'd you crash the airship you little shit like it's a mistake and mistakes happen yes. and you just kind of keep moving. You get these messages, you get these letters from your grandma that are just proud of you the entire she's way. Just, yeah. It's not like, I'm so worried about you. Please come home as quickly as possible. She's like, I'm so happy you're out on this amazing adventure. I want you to have as much fun and meet as many people as possible. Like the whole way through just reinforcing, like have an adventure, have fun, live in the moment, you know, not, not worry about anything. Yeah. I feel like I've played so many RPGs where you meet, you go to all these crazy worlds, you know, levels or whatever, and you meet all these, you know, bonkers characters in them, but those characters never interact. Yeah. Whereas in Cardo, you are constantly either going back to levels that you have, you know, later in the game and, and revisiting the characters again and they've, and they've learned stuff and they know all this, you know, they know everything you've done and their, their, their lives have changed because of your actions when you were last visited them. Or you meet characters from earlier levels that have gone on a voyage similar to yours or like, you know, you, you complete people's story arcs that you met way earlier in the game you complete them as you come close to completing your story arc yeah and it was just it, it, it was it's a very very tight storytelling like you know in this game and i i loved it it's it's just a, a really really sweet game to play with a younger player too i feel like um there are those great lessons in there you know i, I feel yeah. like i feel like people compare games to pixar a lot and it's always oh this game looked good therefore it's a pixar game yeah but i think the the you know, I always think about Inside Out, for example, has has great messages that you don't usually find in kids' movies. That you know that that sadness is 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 an important emotion that you have to embrace as part of your life, just as much as you do happiness, mm-hmm. instead of just tr- striving for happiness constantly. Spoilers. Um, spoilers for a moral. Yeah. You know? Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for an old Pixar movie. Um, but yeah, I think Cardo has has similar, and so does the other humble humble games that I mentioned earlier. Um, Cardo has those those really sweet, sweet Pixar esque kind of like lessons that you don't see elsewhere. Yeah, uh, are plenty. Yeah, I love them. They were really really great. The puzzles are, are great, but the the story is why I would recommend Cardo. Yeah, awesome. That was your number seven. Mm-hmm. All right, let's roll tape on my number seven. My number seven for twenty twenty is Carrion. All right. Ah, so I guess this is kind of like I I spoke too soon before. Technically a Metroidvania. Yeah, that's right. Yep, technically. You lied. You lied to us. You lied to me. You lied to the listeners. (laughs) You lied to me and three million people. (laughs) Wow. Okay. We gotta we gotta do less episodes more often if we're getting those kind of listening numbers. 
Um, anyway, Carrion, uh, developed by Phobia Game Studio out of Poland and published by our favourite, Devolver. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably our favourite. Yeah, certainly one of. I think yeah. it, like the big three are like Devolver, Annapurna. And, and who gets number three? I, like, I mean, Humble are pretty pretty big up Humble, there for me. Team 17, Team 17 Raw yeah. Fury are also pretty yeah, good. Yeah, okay, there's lots of good ones. We should, we should do an app sometime soon that is we just stack up Oh, wow. De- like, publishes against each other yeah, and see like how the, it goes. Like Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, That'd be right. fun. Great. Anyway, Carrion, you play a alien. Is it fair to say alien? Just a monster. Just a monster. A monster Because yeah, is... I think you've been created in a lab. Yeah. Right? A yeah. monster that is a blob with just tentacles shooting out. And your uh, mission, essentially, is to escape this lab. You want out. So, uh, as with any kind of, you know horrific blob from a horror movie you can uh you can scuttle through vents there's very few places that you can't get into because you're a blob uh and so the whole kind of sort of all throughout the game you are hiding you are killing scientists killing soldiers that are trying to hunt you bring you back to the lab um as you eat you eat these soldiers and these these scientists that you kill to like gain mass and to you you in, you increase your power set basically yeah, the bigger the, you are the heavier you are the more you unlock uh, the more powers you unlock but, but then, the interesting the interesting yeah. wrinkle being as you get bigger you lose the powers you had when you were smaller and gain a new set of powers so and, part of the puzzle you the also game, become more unwieldy as well like yeah, yeah definitely harder to control um, some of the puzzles are based around like you need to lose mass to unlock different you know your different move sets and then try to find a way to gain that mass back. Uh, I just I love this game because it really f- like this this is going to sound dumb as hell but it really felt like you were the monster like it was such a satisfying thing to control this blob whipping around screen yeah, throwing th- tentacles around it's as the as kind you got- of character that you don't really get to play as very often no yeah. no and even like a very hard character for you to put yourself in its shoes essentially but, yeah, because um, you are like I was so excited whenever I found a bunch of people I could eat. Yeah, of course. Yes, I got to tear them apart and eat them. But it was bigger, and so also like the the way you would go around it would be like do you do you stealth approach? Do you try to hide and then whip a tentacle out and take one away before they can announce you know that you're there, or do you just hit that group of people like a tsunami? Yeah, flailing tentacles. Like I I loved picking up a person and just battering other people with them. Yep. That was always heaps fun. Like limbs flying across the screen. Um, yeah, it just, it was such a satisfying experience to pilot this monster around when it was small and you were really agile all the way through to when you're this like bloated behemoth, just overcoming everything in your path. I, there was one major gripe that the pair of us had with it, which is it lacked a kind of map to help. I wish you... it had a map. Honestly, if, if this game had a map, it would be. Because this, be... this game is my number six. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be the next time I talk about it anyway. It but, would um... be, yeah. We, well, this will seamlessly work into your number six, but. We just did just... it, baby. Well, yeah, there we go. <laughs> if, if it just had a map, it would have. It would have, you're right, it would have been higher on my list. Because uh, um, but... I, I had like an hour where I was like, where the fuck am I? And like, there were. This is the kind of game that I would love to 100%. But without a map completing it, it just becomes like, oh, this this tunnel leads to this level, I think, and then finding where the tunnel is in that room, and then I, it's yeah, a map would make this so much more fun to to complete. I genuinely got lost a number of times where I'm like, where the f- where do I go to progress? This is 
like I, you know, and I'm just essentially doing this loop between three areas because those are the only doors I could find. And then I'd be like, wait a minute, I haven't gone there. Oh, there we go. But yeah, it was it was a bit frustrating not having a map. But what were as as we segue to Levens's number six? What what were your things that you really loved about it? Um, yeah, I think it was yeah, like you know, really really getting into that mindset of like I'm a fucked monster, and but but I'm nowhere near as fucked as all of these humans that I'm eating. Yeah, like these are the guys are the real monsters, and like. Just the joy in finding new humans to tear apart and terrorize. Um, I loved, like, you know, later on you get a mechanic where you can send a tendril out and actually take over a person. Yes. Which is very fun to do. Um, uh, I do wish this game was maybe a little bit longer, but I think it's it's still like a fun bite-sized piece provided you don't get lost for an hour. Yeah, true. Um, really, I really stretched playtime by being an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I also I don't I don't think the story elements of it were particularly successful. Um, I could have done without those weird flashbacks. I didn't find them particularly interesting, and they don't really give me much. Uh... Yeah, I think you, I think you're fair. I think they're kind of because aren't they like the this Origin. is how the monster came yeah, to yeah. be. Yeah, you're right. I think it works. You can take those out, and it's just a monster trying to escape a lab. Yeah, that that's still satisfactory satisfying i would have loved um uh, the final level being you escape but like is it and then you actually get to like just take out a city (laughs) yeah that would be great just like cause havoc in a city and like you know and survive as long i I would also love a survival mode in this game where you're just trying to to, to survive waves and waves of humans and and, and trucks and stuff like that getting around as this monster is so fun and a lot of people complained about it being more difficult to control on on console than it is with a with a PC and mouse keyboard and mouse, but I I, I really enjoyed it on Switch. Yeah, definitely. At the moment, Carrion is. Uh, I mean, you thought you want to read this out from your uh, your document. Uh, Carrion is available on Switch, Xbox One, through Game Pass, baby. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, PC and Mac. Um, and you can't fish in it. No. Well, no. Um, we both finished it. Like though. you send a tentacle out, and you no, you don't. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, right. But we both we both roll credits on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I so yeah, I, I've so far I've done I've done my 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 first five. So I did not finish going under. I did finish Eternal Castle. I did not finish Finitopia Awakening. I did finish Carto, and I did finish Carrion. Right. So I've done four. I'll reveal my number six now. But haven't finished Cookserve Delicious three. Have a, uh, did finish There Is No Game Wrong Dimension, did finish Sludge Life, did finish Carrion, didn't finish Super Hot Mind Control Delete. Oh, man. So I, I tried to get around to playing this before yeah. we recorded today, but it was this and another one that I'll talk about in my um, honorable mentions later. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, just at some point, but it's school holidays at the moment. I can't play Super Hot in front of my children. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I dived in on this. It's another Game Pass game. Yeah, very big surprise that this is a Game Pass game. Yeah. Is it available on other consoles yet? Um, it is available on PS4, PC, Mac, and Google Stadia. Yeah, great. I think they're eventually bringing it to Switch. Yes, I think they will eventually do that. So I was very interested going in and like, okay how how do you take because I'd, I'd read some stuff about how it was different from the main game and i was like well with such a solid core gameplay mechanic like that mm. how do you kind of flip it up how do you make it interesting and i haven't played much of this but what i played was enough i, I think super hot was my number one game 
however many years Whenever ago it was. Whenever it was first released. I don't think we were even reco- re- re- we, making, we yeah. weren't recording the podcast this, then. But this it is was. pre then, yeah. Um, Back when we used to etch in stone our top tens of the year instead of recording a podcast about them. We just, we'd drive deep into the country and yell it into a quiet forest. <laughs> yeah, perfect. The way nature intended. The original um, podcasts. Um, yeah, so Mark I was... Mark the gates! <laughs> So I was very much like, okay, how have they done this? From what I can tell from what I've played, it's almost like you're now... You have this kind of map, base map, which is like a file directory, essentially. And so you go to a node in this file directory and you like select... So it's like node. there's node 1A, node 1B, and node 1C to begin with. You load up one of these nodes and it is a series of levels that takes place throughout a variety of environments... Almost the same, in, like the same set of environments for each node, but you might start in a different place in the level. So it's like sewers, a mansion, a restaurant, etc. You have three lives to get through, maybe six or seven levels for each of these nodes. So if you lose your three lives, you're kicked back to the beginning of these levels. Mm-hmm. You haven't completed the node. Each time you finish one of the levels, you are given an uh, you are given a choice of upgrades. So, like, one of your upgrades might be start each level with a weapon. Right. Sorry, specifically start each level with a random gun. Okay. Or it might be you have four hearts or refill all your health, that kind of thing. So, each of these, each levels you get another thing. This is why I was like, I think I was chatting to you online. I was like, it's almost like they've added roguelite elements to it. Yeah, right, sure. So, it's kind of like, you know, you have, if you don't complete with the amount of health you have, you get kicked out If you and you get random upgrades each time. There's the same, it's the, so it's still got that same solid as diamond core gameplay mechanic of time moves only when no, you that's move. That's solid. It's solid as hell. Um, but they've also started adding, you you have powers essentially that you can unlock. So I, I hopped in this one segment of the map and it was a charge upgrade. So charge is like, if you're not holding a weapon, you can point at one of your enemies Hit X and it will just boom, straight over them <laughs> and, and you shatter them or punch them. Okay, so it stuns them and you can then follow up with punches. Essentially, um, it's a weird situation where you don't have to. It's not like the original Super Hot where you have to kill everyone in the level. You just have to kill like five enemies, I think, and then the level will end and you'll go on to the next one. Right. Um, I I like I said, I've only played a short amount of this. No fishing. Haven't rolled credits on it, um, but. I just think it's one of those, like, you guys took something that was already great and you found new ways to make it interesting and make it fresh again. Awesome. Hell yeah. I'm very much looking forward to... I'm playing this on Xbox, which means I have to essentially wait till my wife is asleep (laughs) or out of the house to play this more. Also, your Xbox broke. Only the power supply. Okay. We bought a new power supply. It's back back in charge Ooh. again. It was super weird. We're just watching TV and suddenly there's a big old pop from underneath the TV cabinet. Was it during a storm? No. Weird. Uh, th- to be honest, my Xbox is seven years old. Okay. Like, the thing's a goddamn trooper. The fact that only the power supply has gone out in that time. And maybe the DVD, DVD drive is getting a little hinky about playing DVDs. <laughs> yep. But... You know, other than that, hell yeah. Great. I was like, is this a chance for the new console? I was like, nah, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. I'm loving my uh, uh, Xbox Series S. At this point, I've probably played more of it than I have my PS5. Would you say it's Game Pass that's driving that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I doubt I'll buy a game on Xbox. I was like, 
I can't picture you like, yeah, man, I got the Halo Master Chief Collection. One to four, baby. Let's I mean, I've definitely, I've never played a Halo game. I definitely I'm... intend to at one point. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I mean, okay. Those things are popular because for a reason. I mean, then I just, I, just, I immediately was like, oh wait, Big Bang Theory is popular. Yeah, like, that is abysmal. But, for a reason, left. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. There's some. I used to think that way about like manga. You know, I used to think that like Dragon Ball was like this thing that was stupid that i will never enjoy and then i actually read some of it i was like oh no i love this yeah i think i need to get into one piece oh man i would absolutely love that <laughs> yeah um you, uh, there's so many one piece characters surrounding you right as, yeah. as, as, as we record i was like oh, that's one of those. <laughs> um oh my god okay uh no what, what, what did you just find <laughs> it's not all the stuff on levens as well <laughs> the, the monarch the, the sketch of the monarch the sketch from of Venture the monarch. Brothers. yeah thanks to check to our uh, mutual friend jessica sutton really she she got an actual sketch from um Jackson Public, and then photo, then did a color photocopy of it and sent it to me. Oh God damn! Okay, real cool. Um, uh, oh, and also one last thing on control, on mind control delete. There is so much more stuff in the world now that you can pick up and throw. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so it's kind of like going under. <laughs> yeah, you can like pull darts out of a dartboard and oh, throw that. Fun. You can like there's cups and plates and. And you is know... it the same color scheme of like white and red? Yes, that's yeah. fun. That's yeah. super great. Which is really cool. Great games. Cool. So that's number six for me. So that's our, our first five. On the next episode... Just kidding. No, let's do it. We're doing the full, the full one. Do you need a little break? You good? No, let's do this. Okay, let's keep going. Let's All right. turn through. So uh, that was your number six. Yes. Um, of course, my number six was Carrion. Uh, so my number five, we're in the top five now. Uh, oh. Yep. Ooh. I'm like, I'm like, do I jiggle these? No, I'm, there's no jiggling. I'm, I've committed. Because uh, I've not I've not played enough of this game to say maybe I'm going to move it up yet, but I know it's definitely in my worthy of being in my top five. I'm um, very intrigued now. It's a game called Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Right. Yes, um, I've been playing this on my PS5. Um, it is probably my after uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, okay. The game I've played the most of on my PS5 so far, even though it's a PS4 game, made by um, Idlewise. Yep, and published by Marvelous Inc. Guess Wait. what's going to show up on my missed out this year? Oh, right. List. I was going to say, holy shit. Is this going to be in your top five Number too? one, baby. <laughs> I got really excited. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah. So this is um, uh, a game where it's like part platform brawler mm-hmm. um, and then part like farm simulator. Um, you play a, uh, a, a a god who is like kind of like uh, she, she everyone thinks she's like a little girl, but she's a god. And because she's become a brat, um, the other gods send her away to uh, an, a, like a, a wild land to, uh, to learn how to be humble and appreciate what she's got. And so with a, uh, a, a, a motley crew of, uh, of farmers <laughs> and fighters, she has to um, basically start, start her own farm. And you are not very powerful when you first start. You have to, you know, it takes multiple spamming of attack buttons to take out enemies. And some of enemies are too strong for you because uh, all the levels that you can visit, there's a, there's a day mode and a night mode. And at night, the more strong monsters come out and they fuck you up real quick. Um, but the way to power yourself up is not by finding power-ups. It's actually by being a good farmer and having like good rice plants. Just like life. Yeah. And so like you are having to like fertilize your rice and put the right amount of correct amount of water in and check for bugs and all these things make you a stronger character right um and like you then unlock um combos and new moves and uh like basically the more you put into farming the better the rest of the game is and there's this like really funny story with with like funny voice acting um 
it's very Japanese. So it reminds me a lot of um, one of my favorite Wii games, uh, which was called uh, Muramasa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think there's similar people on the team that made this. Okay. Um, it was just an excellent, um, uh, like, kind of like feudal Japanese brawler. Um, that way you had to eat as well. And sure. so this is kind of very similar. Yeah, but you have like a, a cook who sucks at cooking. So you have to like help her become a better cook too. And then she cooks at the end of each day. She cooks you and all the other people on your farm a big meal. And then your stats go up because of that too. Okay. Um, it's wonderful. It, there is so much depth to this game. It's it, great. It, it, it sounds almost like a Kairosoft game. What did Kairosoft do again? Like... Uh, game dev story. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, except it's it's a brawler. Oh, of as course. Well. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying it would have like if it was a Kairosoft game, you just send them out to brawl and they come back and be like, "You did this much damage, yes, etc." Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, it, the brawling is really fun because then also when you're out fighting monsters, you get their parts and then you bring them back and you turn them into food. Right. Like, so it's just like the two things. It's just a bunch of very very great systems that are very both very fun to play. Like I think. The, the rice growing part of it will be like a bit like strange to people but it's once the... you get into it you're like okay it's just like you know it's just video game numbers bullshit sure. you know? but it, it, it's very easy to get addicted to, the, to get get its hooks into you um, weirdly enough the rice growing part is the bit that really speaks to me everyone who knows you knows that that's of not course. weird for you that's yeah. very your, that's very your shit but the the platforming and and um and brawling is really fun too sure yeah definitely like, none of the, it's not like you know like um you know second precision um platforming kind of stuff it's yeah. more just like punching 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 kicking yeah blocking that kind of stuff rice growing um, I, I i enjoyed this as a brawler more than i did streets of rage 4 this year interesting okay oh that's big that's a big thing can yeah. you fish uh yes you can fish oh damn yes. have yeah. you rolled credits uh no i have not right okay yeah great game sakuna of rice and ruin my number five game of 2020 and a game that i will play a lot more of in 2021 Hell yeah! I, I look to. I think I took a look at it on the store, but it's like sixty bucks. It's worth it. It's it's a it's a beefy game. Sure. Yeah, but I've been playing it on uh, on PS Five. All right. Because uh, it's available on, um, yeah, Switch, PS PS Four, Five, and the PC through Steam. All right. Next up on all the beefy games, twenty twenty <laughs> list, uh, GOTY list. So my number five, that was yep, your, your number, number five. five. My number five, uh, another one that just entered the list in the last few weeks, Paradise Killer. Oh, cool. Yeah, this yeah. is a game that a lot of people told me to play and I didn't because I don't listen to anyone. Yeah. Hence why I should never work for people. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're almost too maverick to have a podcast <laughs> Too levels. beefy. So this is from UK developers Kaizen Gameworks and published by Australian company Fellow Traveller. Who uh, also did uh, another game that will show up on my shoutouts list, okay. uh, which we'll get to then. So I, I saw this popping up on a bunch of end of year lists and was like, okay, look, I've got to try this one before we, we, you know, before we record. So grabbed it. I think I grabbed it on PC, and then didn't touch it for a week and a half, and saw it was on Switch, and was like, I should probably just get this on Switch so I'll actually play it as opposed to just thinking about playing it. And boy, am I glad I did. I have to, uh, I can sort of butt in. I have the opposite now. I have had like a year where I'm like, I don't like playing my Switch as much as I used to. Really? Okay. And I love playing. I have like a very, very sick TV setup now. And um, the, I guess like the new, new console-ness 
um, like sure. the, the newness of the PS5 and the Xbox, I prefer playing on Xbox and PS5 now. Interesting. Um, I, I obviously had like a lot of grief with my with my um, drifting Joy Cons, and now after fixing them, um, one of my uh, Joy Cons, not one of the ones that I had to fix, just one of them randomly doesn't fully work anymore. You can't use the shoulder buttons anymore. Okay. When you're like playing like Mario Kart with like split controllers or whatever, that sucks. Uh, so I'm just like I'm just, yeah, and then I like all of like. Well, I've had a lot of like moments with Nintendo games this year where I'm like, why aren't you a better developer? <laughs> why don't you do nice things once in a while? And like the botched Mario's. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a bit off Nintendo. At sure, the sure. Which should be shocking for everyone. I, here. I was going to say, imagine going back four or five years in time and being like, uh, yeah, so Levens is off Nintendo. John, you're all about Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Levens has bought an Xbox and he's <laughs> loving it. I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? It's character growth, man. Yeah. <laughs> The arc on this podcast is incredible. Um, anyway, so Paradise Killer is a first-person detective game. Mm-hmm. It is just has the most batshit overarching story behind it. Um, essentially, there are gods and demons, but they're aliens who came to Earth. <laughs> and so you were... Um, part of this group of people who were imbued immortality by a dying god that you were trying to rescue. So you all moved out of Earth to another reality where you built this island that you live and worship these gods in an effort to give them enough psychic energy to come back. And to help you do that, you've you've kidnapped a shitload of humans from Earth to like work on this island and pray to help bring these gods. It's in like all of the lore and backstory just hits you like a tsunami in this game. Does it kind of trickle it down once a time or is it like a, a, you a lot sort of... of you sort of start to get into the beat of it after a while? At first, I was like, "What the fuck are these people talking about?" I have to say, about? one of the biggest turnoffs for games in general, but especially indie games because indie games so rarely do it that I'm offended when they do, mm-hmm. is an opening cutscene. No uh, opening cutscene. Okay, great. I, I feel like a game should just throw you into it, and you play around, and then you, then you discover the lore or whatever as you play it. I think that's pr- I think that's what happened in this. Okay, great. I can't remember. Did the, you finish this you game? D- yes. When, roll, did you, when did you start it? Roll credits. Oh, a couple of weeks ago. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, so you play a character called Lady Love Dies. Every character in this game has just a batshit insane name. There's Dr. Doom Jazz. There's Crimson Acid. There's Lydia Daybreak. Um, anyway, you were a, you were a, a, an investigator who was exiled from this island three million days ago because a god possessed you and tried to end the island. And so even though you were a victim of circumstance, you were still exiled for your crime, essentially. Uh, you were brought back to the island because the members of the syndicate were all murdered the night before the island was meant to be shut down and everyone moved to the next island, which was meant to be a more perfect version of the island. So you're then put in charge of going, okay, how did this happen? They have a suspect in custody who is a human that has been possessed by a demon. However, his story isn't adding up. People's alibis aren't adding up. The evidence isn't adding up. So you just got to roll your goddamn sleeves up and explore this island, which is this 
crazy surreal vaporwave like fever dream of a place. Is it? Are you in? Is it like a first person? First person. Okay, right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So there's there's if you like exploring and finding stuff, oh baby, this is the game for you. There is a shitload of stuff scattered throughout the environment for you to find. Uh, some of it is blood crystals, which is the currency on this island. <laughs> some of it are just little like little objects and mementos that are scattered around that like give you a little you know hint of what life on the island is like um i i was shaky for the first hour i'm like what the shit is going on with this game um but then as i kind of got in the rhythm of like finding the various suspects talking to them going and finding evidence returning to re-interview the suspects that i've talked to to talk about this new evidence again and again and again finding new areas of the island that i hadn't been to before and part of that is like again like sludge life is going like oh there's something up there how would i get up there i can jump here i can do this uh you can unlock a double jump which always a big thumbs up yes definitely love a double sometimes Um, a triple jump which just you know it was like oh i could suddenly explore so much more of this island than i could before and just finding all this evidence out and building up this case and then you know, you might find a piece of evidence that's just like record scratch, everything you thought was wrong kind of thing. And it just built up and built up to this like crazy ending where like, cause you, you were, you were given your task by a judge on this Island who is this like multi-faced, almost omnipotent being. Um, and when you go back to do, cause it ends with a trial, you bring all the evidence you've discovered to a trial you then have to like convince the judge that your version of uh, events is the correct version. And he's like, right, anyone involved in any crime gets the death penalty. <laughs> so you wind up just shooting all these people that you've spent the entire game work. You don't actually shoot them, but like, you don't pick up a gun and go like, bam. But it's like, we've decided they're guilty. Boom, you killed them. It's like, oh, wow. what the hell? Um, I loved it. It was fantastic. I had such a good time really fell into this weird world the writing is great it's got a soundtrack like it's got a soundtrack (laughs) it's got a soundtrack that consists of what i found out is a music genre called city pop Oh, okay which is like that japanese music that sort of emulates western pop from the 80s kind of thing so like get ready for some searing sax solos um yeah i just had such a great time playing this game it was one of those like it was almost the yin to uh, Return of the Obra Dinn's Yang kind yeah, of so thing. Yeah, so this is just pure exploration and then, like, evidence storytelling kind of game, or...? You explore, you, you like... You can you can hold down the left trigger and it brings up an, a kind of AR display that shows where on the island people are. And so you might be like, oh, I haven't talked to that person yet. And you'll go over there and, like, interrogate them. And all the characters are great because they're really unique kind of in their personality and the way they talk and stuff like that um yeah it just it was it was great game to stumble onto yeah, in the last felt, bit of the I year i feel dumb for not playing it real you dumb you should i should feel dumb um yeah so that was my uh my number five um it's available on switch pc and mac hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So that was your number five. What is your number four? My number four, Kentucky Route Zero TV edition. Oh, yeah, at one point I thought higher? this could be higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Interesting. So, uh, developed by Cardboard Computer, who is uh, a team of three or four devs spread, spread across the states. This is your most anticipated game of, of, of 2020. Yes, that's right. Published by Annapurna. I wonder what mine was. Maybe Carrion. Have a, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, it was uh, so published by Annapurna. It's on Switch, PS4, Xbox, PC, and Mac. So, I've spoken about this game a ton on this podcast before. It started in 2013. It's been released episodically since then. Each episode has had, a, you know, an increasing amount of time separating it from the one that came before. So I was very excited to get into this one because it was the last chapter, as well as wrapping it up. Um, it was coming to Switch for the first time, so I was very much excited to, like, getting to play through it again. And the TV edition is great because not only does it have all five chapters, but it's got all the interludes that sit between the chapters. Some of these are really interesting. Some of them maybe wear out their welcome a little bit too much. Um, For those who are completely unaware, Kentucky Route Zero is a magical realism point-and-click adventure where it's not really about an inventory and puzzle solving. It's about kind of playing through these scenes, making choices. The choices don't necessarily affect the story, but they do affect kind of the conversations that you have. So one of the one of the initial choices that you're faced with is what what do you call your dog? You pick the name of the dog, and that is the name set throughout the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with you uh, as a man called Conrad who is trying to deliver antiques to an address, but the only way to access this address is through a, uh, a highway called Kentucky Route Zero, which is a sort of mythical highway that runs through the caves underneath Kentucky. Um, it is it's just a it's a beautiful experience it's a beautiful like it speaks so much to sort of life um there are a lot of sort of subtext about capitalism and what capitalism does to people and how it leaves it kind of grinds up and leaves communities behind uh much worse for wear um and over the course of the game like the main character you start out playing he drifts away from your control almost and another character drifts in and becomes the central character. Um, it it looks gorgeous for a low polygon game. Yeah, I'll definitely give it that. Like I, I wasn't mad for this game it's, as much as everyone else was. It's not Eleven's game. It's just not a, not not. I mean, I, I enjoyed. I played the first chapter and then the, and then, and the interlude um, that followed it. But and I was like, I, intend, I had every intention of playing it more. But it just is. It's not why I pick up a console. Of course, like, and I think those kind of games really are i think the reason this is number four is because my tastes have changed so much in the years since it was first released mm-hmm. um i mean the fact that it is number four speaks to you know how good it is i really yeah. enjoyed it and like i there is there is no scene in this game that i wouldn't happily frame and put on my wall as like a cool piece of design to look at yeah like as um, i was saying earlier I, I, I agree with you it was one of the best looking games yeah. of the year and i think i definitely want to go back there's I don't want to replay Great lighting. The, I don't want to replay. Oh, fantastic lighting! I don't want to replay the whole game, but there are segments that I'd love to replay just because I, you know, without without just to say the number. What what's your favorite segment? Oh, I think it's number four. 
Like chapter which four? Which is chapter four, which is the Echo River segment. Okay. Just going down that river is... And even, like, speaking to the choice before, as you float down the river, it's like, do you want to visit this bar on the beach or do you want to stay on the boat with the captain? And so each will give you a unique scene, but you can't do both scenes. You right, have to choose one or the other. And it's the same with all the conversations. It's not like your typical point-and-click adventure where you're trying to get information, so you go through every possible dialogue choice. Each each moment you're presented with a choice in the dialogue, you pick which way you want to go, and then the, the conversation keeps moving. So mm. it gives that real kind of unique, you're living as this character feel, as opposed to like, I'm just a gamer trying to solve a problem and find out as much information. Yeah, so as I said, I only played one one chapter, which is roughly like an hour-ish, and yeah. they're all about an hour, roughly, two hours yeah, long, yeah, yeah. right? I didn't get far enough to, to find out the answer to the question that everyone wants to know. Can you fish in Kentucky Route Zero? No. Damn. I have rolled credits on it, though. Yep. Um, and I think... You haven't rolled real. No. <laughs> Just credits. <laughs> I haven't rolled rod, baby. Um, I think one of, the, one of the issues as well is, and definitely anybody who wants to play this game, is on your first playthrough, ignore the interludes. Just play the game as as it would be intended to play. Mm-hmm. Then you can choose to go back and, and play the interludes. The interludes kind of dance around the main story. Sure. But don't necessarily add to it all that much. Um, I it's And it's not a game that you can sit down and just bust two hours out. Play a chapter, walk away for a, you know, a couple of days, come back and play the next chapter. Give yourself time to digest it. It's a very sort of ponderous game. Mm. Um, you know... Not, not like. I don't want to say it's it's not fun because it's fun in its own way, but it's not that immediate like brain reward fun that you get from other games. Sure, which we'll probably see in the top three that we oh, both. Oh have. boy, will we! So yes, my number four, KRZ TV edition. Great to have it on Switch. Great that it's finally finished. Can't wait to see what Cardboard Company do next, or uh, Cardboard Computer do next. So from cardboard to discs. My hey. number four is uh, is Disc Room, uh, published by Devolver Digital, um, pu- developed by the aforementioned. Um, what are their names again? Hold on, Dose, I got them. Dose One and uh, Terry Terry Vellum. You've also got uh, to my shout outs, uh, Kitty Callis and Jan Willem Nijman. Yep, or Nyman, who we saw on the Minutes game. Yes. Uh, a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, Terry Vellum and Dose One uh, made uh, a terrific game. In which I was sold on the moment I played it at the uh, Devolver Showcase this yep. year. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. It was the game that I knew the least about when we went to that showcase. Mm-hmm. We were both very excited for Carrion, and I think we were excited for, for Sludge Life too. Um, I, yes. thought, I thought the demo we played of Carrion was pretty good. Didn't get into Sludge Life at all, but Disc Room was just like, oh, John, you gotta, you gotta yeah. finish this this demo. And you being like, I can't finish demo. I'm like, damn it, finish the fucking demo, John. Uh, but. So basically, you just play a dude uh, who who wakes up in a room with uh, multiple swirling metal discs, and if you t- touch the discs, you get cut in half, and there's a big splatter of blood. But if you survive ten seconds in the room of discs, another room opens in it. Guess what's in that room, John? More discs, oh. <laughs> and there are just a, a seemingly endless rooms of, filled with discs that you have to unlock by doing. Uh, you know, surviving in in other other rooms longer. You you unlock rooms by getting killed by a certain amount of discs in the game. You get you unlock um unlock certain rooms by 
hitting other rooms in, in specific orders. There's all kinds of weird challenges and, and puzzles to solve um, in order to just unlock more rooms with different kind of discs that also kill you in them. Um, but look, I my favorite kind of games, even though I'm not terrific at them, but they are like what I... When I think of, you know, what I like in a video game, it is that twitchy, fast response, like, you know, uh, either platforming or, or you know, like moving and dodging. And uh, this one is just there, like, you're just just trying to move around these big swirling discs. Yeah, it's, and that, it's almost a bullet hell. I'd yeah, say. yeah. And I, that just did so much for me. The fact that, like, yeah, I mean, like, a game like Enter the Dungeon... Gungeon is really, really great, but it's so massive and the roguelite element of it that so many of these bullet hell games have, you know, you never feel like you're progressing. Yes. Um, whereas Disc Room, it's like, all I have to do is survive in this room for 10 seconds and then I unlock more game. And I really loved that as a way of progressing. Obviously, it gets more complex than that the further in you get. But as this game introduced more mechanics, like you get various upgrades, you know, you can slow everything around you down so you can move quickly around the discs or you can uh, duplicate yourself so there's multiple yous running around so like you know less chance that you're all going to die if, if there's more of you running around right yeah. wrong worst power up in the game um, <laughs> but uh, there's just there's so much to this game that they, they, they do so much with such a fun simple concept um, it had to be in my top five. I, I loved my time with this game, and I had some problems with a with a bug when I was uh, when I was playing it um, the first week it came out. But a week later, it was patched, and uh, I was able to finish roll credits on this game, which unfortunately you cannot fish in. Damn. Yeah. You can't pull a fish shaped. No, disc. it's not, not fish room. <laughs> uh, did you did you get far into this game? I, I I unlocked a ton of rooms. I'm like here's where I was talking about us having very different tastes. Super twitchy stuff, like yeah. This, well, I, I mean, you just can, not for me. You could just from tell from the other games. Every, almost everyone, like every second game, is like you know a first person exploration game yeah. where you know you don't kill stuff. Yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, one thing that I particularly loved about this game is that the mechanic is to die. Yes, like it's not like you're saying earlier, like you need to survive ten seconds in this room. It's not like if you survive twelve seconds, the door will open and you can run out. Once you've done your 10 seconds... You have to die. You you just yes. fling yourself onto a disc and you die. That's how you progress in this That's game. That's how you get the upgrades. You have to get killed by the other discs that have the upgrades within them. And then they morph with your blood and then you can yeah. do cool stuff. I loved the... Um... As you as you get killed by all these... And there's a ton of... Indo- like, there's a ton of unique discs in this game. Like, there's a whole slew of them and every time you get killed by one it updates your little disc encyclopedia yeah like a mad uh, the madman in me was considering getting a hundred percent on oh. that but there's i didn't even like I, like i i think i went through my my totals of deaths when on when playing this and i i died so many times to the final boss but i you know i, I just sucked it up and, and, and kept playing until i beat it because i love that thrill of, of beating a particularly difficult boss sure um but I didn't even get like the good ending. There's a good ending in this. There's, you know, there there's a an ending that you only get if you finish the game in like I think it's like 8 minutes or something ridiculous and you can only die once in each room. Ugh. Which I would just, I could just never like I don't know who in the in the universe could achieve that. Sure. But surely it's someone on on Twitch. Um, <laughs> uh, but look man, I I love I love this room. Um it, it, there's always going to be a handful of Devolver games in my uh, in my top ten each year, and this was my favorite Devolver game of the year. Excellent. All right, shall we roll into uh, our top three? Top three times. Do you want to do you want to bronze us? Okay, bronze medal um, is a game that I haven't spoken about 
uh, on the podcast this year. Right. And I think if I actually had the time to finish this game, I think it could be higher. I think this has the potential of being my favorite game of the year, as do all three of the games on here, including the one that is my favorite game of the year, obviously. But this is a game that you've played some of. I don't mm. know how far into it you got. It is on Game Pass. You can fish in it. And unfortunately, I've not finished it. But it is Spiritfarer. Right. Yes, of course. I so knew this would feature somewhere. Spiritfarer um, came out on Switch uh, during that week. It was like one of the shadow dropped games after a Nintendo Direct, the Indie Direct. But yes. it was also a week where like so many games came out. Um, that was that amazing Indie Direct where there was like five games that were available. Yeah, that's right. At, like, right now. And Spiritfarer was one of them. Um and so I didn't play it on Switch, but sure enough, it showed up on Game Pass. And I, I saw it showing up on other people's lists of like you know their favorite games of the year. And um, I was like, I've got to at least give it a shot. Um, you play, and this is you know funny that it has parallels to Hades um, uh, because you are you're on the River Styx essentially, and um, you run into what's his name, Coron, Caron, Caron, yeah, Caron, um, uh, who is the the guy who sells you shit in uh, in Hades. But in this one. Um, he uh, basically gives you his powers. You are now the person who, who assists uh, spirits um, down. You have become death. Yes, that's right. So you're, you're assisting spirits to, to, to go are, from one world to yeah, the next. Their final rest. Um, and uh, this is a game where you are given a boat. Um, and look, I spoke earlier about like, how much Animal Crossing really influenced um, what I liked in, in like you know what what I valued in those kind of games, and this has everything I like about Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. except there's a point to it. Yes, there's a pointlessness to Animal Crossing that oh. I, I, for some reason, enjoyed on 3DS, but I just couldn't get into this year. Yeah, in a year where everyone had more spare time than usual, I guess because of COVID. But uh, I think no, I think more than anything, this year you need to like it was important to be involved in entertainment that had a point. Yeah, so you uh, you you were given this boat, and um, you meet. Uh, um, an animal, basically, she she manifests as an as an animal based spirit, mm-hmm. um, and she is someone who has uh, is is from your you knew her in your life before you became uh, the the boatsman of death, uh, boats lady of death, um, and basically you you're, you you have to like navigate through this like you know at, at, when you start it it's a it's a map that barely anything has been uh, crossed off. Yes, um, there's a lot to open up, and so basically you're navigating through through your map, um, and every, in, while you're traveling in real time to these destinations, you have to like cook and uh, a meal, and like the first spirit that you have on your boat refuses to eat the same thing twice. So you're always on the lookout for a different meal to cook this spirit that's on your boat. Yeah, um, and then you've also got to like get materials to then build more stuff on your boat, including gardens or extra and you can improve your kitchen or, or quarters for new guests to stay and then you go to different islands and then you explore them and you get resources and you meet new people some of them are spirits that join you on the boat and then you learn the stories of these connections that you have with the people that are on your boat they are like they, they show themselves on their boat as like these animals mm. but they were i guess humans like you before yeah. they joined you on the in, in the afterlife um you eventually in this game have to say goodbye to all of the spirits in this game. So this game is about loss and it's about saying farewell uh, to your loved ones, which is, you know, a very big part of life. We talk about those those messages in games like in Cardo, mm-hmm. like in Pixar movies. And this is a game that I know is going to fucking destroy me. Yes. I, I, I said goodbye to my, my grandfather a couple of days ago mm-hmm. and uh, I've been like pretty strong about it. But you know when like... 
that right yeah, fucking like, that like right was, key in the right place. I was, I was writing. I wrote like a little tribute to him on, on on my Instagram the other day, and like and just talking about that, writing about the things that made him special to me, like really brought up the emotions. Mm-hmm. I've been asked to do the eulogy, Ooh. so I know that's going to destroy me as well. But then sure. I know there, I've only had to say goodbye to one character in Spirit Spiritfarer so far, um, and I. It was just the writing in this is beautiful. Mm. And I love the first thing you do in this game is you give the character a hug. Yes. Like, and I don't know, like, I just, I think this is the game that, like, everyone talked about, oh, wasn't it great that Animal Crossing could bring everyone together this year? I, I should stop shitting on Animal Crossing. It is great for what it is. I just, what it is is not what I want. Sure. Uh, but Spirit Pharaoh definitely is. And I, and I feel foolish for not having gotten it day and date on Switch instead of playing the seven other games that Set of Shadow dropped that day because it's by far the best out of all of those that I played. I don't think any of the games. That came out that Can day. Can you remember Shut any of the my... other ones? Um, there was one called Evermore or Ever, Ever, Evergate. Never Song. Evergate. No, no, Never Song is on Apple Arcade. There was one called Evergate. There was the one um, Raji. <gasps> yes, an ancient epic. Um, there was uh, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. Oh yes, yes, um, yes. There of were, like they were all pretty good, but yeah. none of them showed up in my top ten. Um, oh, Hypnospace Outlaw is probably another one of like. Would it have made my top ten? Because it was. I was, yeah, last I was wondering year. if it would. It would have. Oh yeah, right. Sure. So yeah. it came out last year on PC, but this year on uh, Switch. Yeah, but no. Um, Spirit Fairer, If you were just someone who like you know likes, I guess I hate the word, but wholesome experiences. It's very wholesome. Um, it is. It's it's a beautiful game. It's a really beautiful written, beautiful looking, beautiful like great soundtrack. Great everything. It, it reminds me of the. Um, artwork in that um what was that fucking cool adult swim published game where like you um have to battle chef brigade yes battle chef brigade yeah. the very great animated characters yeah. in, in that um and uh and great writing in that game too um, mm. great writing in this one as well uh but yeah this this is a game that like you know i'm only like 10 15 hours into what i think is a 40 to 50 hour experience and like you unlock platforming upgrades as well in this there's so much to this game it reminds me a lot like I think this and Sukuna of Rice and Ruin go hand in hand okay and I think I think if I was uh, less like ADHD inclined and dedicated my time to those games and those games only they'd be my, my favourite games of the year interesting Actually, I'm not sure Maybe, who knows the, the top three top five they're all bangers right okay you know um, the, the top, I think Disc Room is the only game that I could that I could assuredly say wouldn't be my number one game of the year but everything else in my top five, depending on time or you know sure, whatever, sure. I, could be my number one. Um, so that is, uh, yeah, that, that, that's Spirit Fairer. It's beautiful. I love it. You can play it on um, uh, Switch, PC, Mac, PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, and it's on Game Pass, and it's on Stadia, and, uh, and you can fish in it. And I haven't finished it yet. Developed by Thunder Lotus Games and self-published. Yeah. Uh, I definitely look. I I played Spirit Fairer. I picked it up when it shadow dropped um, on Switch. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I'm further along than you. I might have said goodbye to two spirits so okay, far. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, or maybe I've got like three or four spirits on my boat. Um, it is very wholesome, and I think part of being wholesome is that it doesn't shy away when things are hard. Because you definitely like part of part of having the spirits in your boat in your boat is getting them to come to terms with what's holding them back from moving on to the next world. Yeah, and so part of that is you know people who had rough relationships with their families or might have done something bad in their past, and so you know part of the game is you helping them face that and move beyond it. Um, I I think the reason I put it down is that it got a bit fetch questy, like a bit a bit like. Hey, you want to do that thing? Go collect 
80 of this resource and you can only find five of that resource at a time. And so uh, it sort okay, of got right, a bit sure. like a bit grindy at that point I in don't, time. I don't mind that kind of gameplay. Like I, I, know, I know it's naff that it still exists in games, but I, that's a kind of like grinding that I don't mind. Yeah. It's, it's not like... I think I just went too deep on it too quickly. Sure. And I should have just like... I will ease myself back into it over the next however long. It's gorgeous. I mean, I love again. like, you know, some of the resources you collect, like you have to fly into storms and then a dragon shows up. Yes. And you have to collect all of the dragon's lightning. Yeah. And then and then you have to then you have to go and jump on top of the dragon and then smash the dragon with your hammer because he has quartz in his head. Yeah. And then you free the quart- him from the quartz that's like making him angry or whatever. But then you also get quartz resources. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Like, there's a ton of stuff like yeah. that. And every time you open a new island, you're like, oh, what am I going to find here? There's a great cat. Will I finally, like, will I finally find that bit of food to please that really picky yeah, yeah, person yeah. I've got on my boat? Someone's like, I want fried chicken. I looked at, I was like, fried chicken? What do I'm so far from getting the ingredients for that recipe. I so just, just want to make you, you fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. I love the cooking part. Yeah, I really did like the cooking part. I love anything where it's like combine this and this. Yeah, hey, yeah. new dish. Um, but yeah, so I will. I will dive back in on on Spirit Fair again. But that was your number three. Mm-hmm. Cool, interesting. I think we're both. We have a similar situation to last year where there's two obvious games left. Yeah, that are going to be in our top threes. That are going to be well. I'll my look. My number three is Wasteland Three. Okay. So that leaves. Fuck, we have the same the same situation. That's so funny. The question is, no, well, no, Blasphemous was in was not in your top three. No, last that's year. true. It yeah. was there was some maybe the it was the year before where we had the same yeah the same top games. Just it was Hollow Knight and something else maybe. Who knows? Who could remember? Anyway, we had the same two games but reverse for each thing. Anyway, Wasteland Three, developed by In Exile from the US, published by Deep Silver out of Germany, isometric turn based RPG. Set in the set set post apocalypse, post nuclear apocalypse, revolves around a team of rangers out of Colorado, um, who have been called to Arizona. No, sorry, team of rangers from Arizona called to help out with a bit of a, a situation in Colorado. Mm-hmm. There is a, a a guy in Colorado who calls himself the Patriarch, who is supposedly the ruler of Colorado. His three children have all got off, gone off the rails, essentially, are all plotting his downfall. He wants you to help out. Um, I, For starters, I love anything that is post-apocalypse. That's, for some reason, that's just my jam when it comes to settings. Sure. Uh, I was a huge fan of Wasteland 2, and this was a big old step up from Wasteland 2. Wasteland 2 definitely suffered from the fact that it was a kickstarted game, uh, so... You know, they kind of made it in two halves and it really felt like it was made in two halves. This is one glorious, cohesive whole. Um, the the new setting is really interesting, having the, the sort of, you know, it's set in the snow now. Um, I mean, you're in the desert before. Yep. Uh, having a vehicle as sort of a combat partner is a really interesting update to it. There are so many cool, like cool, weird side quests to sink time into, and of course, in my standard way, I had almost all the side quests completed before I really did anything with the main quest. So you just breeze through the main quest because your stats are so high, and you've picked up so much good equipment by that point in time. Um, I loved it. It was good. like there, there really is that sense of choice of you can like 
each time you go to bring one of these one of these, this guy's kids back, you can be like, actually, no, I'm going to partner with you. Let's let's fuck this state up. Hmm. Or you can be like, I'm going to kill you instead of arresting you, which might cause problems back at home. Or you can just be like, yep, you're I arrest you. But you can be like, you're going to the personal guard of your father or I'm going to keep you in my barracks, which is a more neutral space. So many options, so many choices you can make to affect the story. Um, little little tweaks to the gameplay, just little like quality of life updates of like, you don't need 60, like you don't need 10 different options for a skill. Here's a more streamlined version of how that skill works. So you can kind of tune your character more the way you want to tune them. Instead of having a party of four, you have two characters you create. You have a pool of characters you can draw from to create another two, etc., etc. If you love uh, turn-based isometric RPGs, you should definitely play Wasteland 3. I don't even feel like you necessarily need to play Wasteland 2 to understand it. There are certainly references throughout the game, but nothing that you're like, oh, the story makes no sense to me because I'm, I'm lacking it. Um, yeah, I, I'm desperately hoping they do DLC for this game. Cause so you play I, this on your PC, right? Yes. It's on, I think it's on Game Pass. It is on PS4, Xbox through Game Pass, PC and Mac. I, I know it's on Game Pass. This is the kind of game that I'm like, I want to play this on my laptop. But should I give it a shot on Game Pass or not? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. That's easy. I think, well, look, with, with so many other games that you want to like play... Take the time that you would spend on Wasteland 3 and put it into Spirit Fairer. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the because that, that's something, the games on my top 10 that I haven't finished yet, they're the games that I'm going to be going to back to first. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's one, look, if you, if you are entirely out of games to play, then definitely take a swing at Wasteland 3 or any other number of games that I've said, that's not Eleven's game, but, you know, there's always other stuff to play I'm trying to find our top 10 indie games of 2018 i'm trying to work out what our what our favorite i guess it was like 2018 would have been hollow knight celeste yes it they was hollow the, knight and celeste those are the, the top two yeah right you had hollow knight as number one i had celeste as number one okay cool and then yeah, our number two so last year do you want to, I, I, i've opened up our um, top 10s from last year so last year my top number 10 was uh sayonara wild hearts your number 10 was grindstone nice uh my number your number nine was child of children of mortar Ooh, I still haven't played Fantastic yet. game. Yeah, mine, Great game. Mine was Slay the Spire. Excellent Ooh, fucking also game. Also an excellent game. Uh, my number eight was What the Golf. Um, yours was Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm-hmm. Your number seven was Katana Zero. Mine was Gatto Roboto. Um, my number six was Untitled Goose Game. Yours was Control. Okay. Um, my number five was Cadence of Hyrule. Um, yours was What the Golf. Fantastic. Um both of our number four was Ape Out. Okay. Um, number, my number three was The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, a game yes. I think about almost every day. Um, <laughs> yours was Untitled Goose Game. Love it. Because um, we should give a shout out to uh, the developer of Ringo Ishikawa's game of 2020. Yeah. Um, uh, was it that called? was uh, Rest of a Stone Buddha. Yeah, yeah. That's, in like, my sh- that's in my shout out section. Okay, cool. Sweet. We'll yeah. get to it later. Uh, your number two was Outer Wilds. Um, Fantastic game. A game I need oh. to play on Game Pass. Huh? The game I need to play on Game Pass. Uh, I'm looking forward to you playing yeah. it. I think Archie will love it as well. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Great. Um, Katana Zero was my number two game of the year. And then, yeah, my number one was Blasphemous. Hell yeah. And your number one was Disco Elysium. A game I think about almost every day. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> um, game. Yeah, greatly. If, I, do you, like, as a whole, do you think this year holds up to, to last year? 
as like in terms of indie game releases? No. You? Yeah, I don't think I I, I was chasing my game of the year for so long, mm. and I I knew what everyone else's number one indie game of the year. It's my number two game of the year. <gasps> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, so the, the, look, John was alluding to it earlier. May as well we may as well figure out now and talk about them. You know, one at a time. Yeah. Uh, but the two games that both of neither of us have brought up yet that we both know each other have played and loved are Hades. Yep. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yes. Uh, I have not talked about Ori and the Will of the Wisps on a show before. I only played it about a month ago, and it's my favorite game of the year. Right. It's my I've number one. Nailed it. You nailed it. Called it, it at it, the beginning. Right. Pointing right. at the stands like Babe Ruth. <laughs> um, Hades is my number one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So let's let's just talk about both of these games. Well, so Hades, um, obviously, you know, I think it is the most popular indie game of the year yes took, kind of like took you, over the world through you, horniness for a you, while you and did it again super giant yeah i mean look I, I have to admit bastion is still my favorite super giant game mm-hmm. i've not played pyre i've not finished transistor mm-hmm. and i've gotten up to the hades boss fight three times now right but i haven't been able to beat him this is this is the controversial thing levens i have beat yep. hades yeah but more you importantly, were, you were John, pissed when I messaged you about. No, that's fine. More importantly, you can fish in this game. Yeah, exactly. You can fish. Um, but no, I, I was like, God damn it! Now I have to finish it. <laughs> I'd like moved on. I was like, We're never going to finish this game. So I, I did go back to it after you um, finished it. I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and turn God mode on. Have try it with the shield first. I don't like the shield. Why not? Because I can't. I I, I love the spear. I love throwing the spear in Hades and then getting them on the recoil. There is there is a Daedalus upgrade you can do for the shield, which, you know, the bull rush for the shield, where you, like, charge up and then run forward? Yeah, yeah. It replaces the bull rush with a projectile. Oh, okay, yeah. So, essentially, I the way I finished it is you sit behind the shield protected while people attack you, and then when they stop attacking, you shoot the projectile and then go back. And it's, like, it's it's a cheese way to do it. You're not really, like being skillful or anything you're right. just protected but if you want to take if you if you that's how i took hades down okay sure is that that daedalus upgrade and the right kind of blend of boons that's how i did it okay cool so well, i mean look hades for those who don't know it's a roguelike game yes with a story Shit. um <laughs> where you play uh zagreus, zagreus the son, son of hades, hades and he wants to escape the place of hades yes um and in doing so he has to uh, make his way through four different parts of Hades mm-hmm. um, and each one of those parts has multiple uh, you know randomly generated uh, or the, I think the the, the the levels themselves are mostly the same but the enemies within are randomly generated and the, certainly the boons you the rewards you, you get yeah, yeah. Are, are randomly generated yeah um, and each of those levels has a boss at the end of them um, I can quite easily get I used, I, I I've always found the second boss the easiest the you, bone hydra the bone hydra um, and then I, I, for so long, I could not get past the the level three, the the, the dual bosses of the Minotaur and the other kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time I got to Hades, I was just like, oh man, fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, I got the fishing rod, and I haven't I haven't used it yet. I just oh really? I've, I've, I've never had an opportunity to. Where, You've where, never seen a fish? No, never seen a fish. There's like a little shiny point in lava or water. Oh, That's where right. you kind of when you move close, the it's one of the, one of the many brilliant design bits. But like occasionally. When you move past it, Hades will go like, ooh, fish are jumping today or something. And oh, like his, right. Then I'll be like, oh my God, I get to fish something. That's amazing. What do you uh, fish? What do you get? Booms. Various, various, like, no, you get fish. Oh. So, you know, the bar back in Hades? Yeah, yeah. You give them to the chef and he gives you like, depending on what you've caught, you might get like 
gemstones or oh, that's awesome. or like darkness or God, I other bits game. of character. It's just the reason it's my number one is because it is the platonic ideal of a roguelite. It has perfected it goes so beyond many though. things. It goes beyond, yeah. But just so many things about roguelites that rubbed me the wrong way. Because I went through a period where I was like, I don't know if I want to play another roguelite. I'm I'm tired of, you know, like, oh, back to the beginning again. With Hades, every time I died, I was like, I'm about to get an awesome hit of story from three or four characters. I've built up... Brilliant current- voice, voice oh, acting. Incredible yeah. voice acting. I've built up currency that I can spend on upgrades. Now, admittedly, I've bought most all the upgrades I need, but it's it's starting to be like... Because there's the little shop in the in the bar section where you can, like, trade... You can trade up currency, essentially. Yeah, of course, so yeah. I'm starting to, like trade up for the bigger stuff so I can buy, unlock more upgrades and stuff like that. Weapon selection's fantastic. Like, it's such a varied group of weapons and, like... There's so many different ways to play this each game. Each changes yeah. the way you fight. Do you only use shield now, or...? I, I, I was doing best with shield, so I finished a run with shield. I haven't gone back to the game, honestly. It was one of those, like... Take it off your list, move on to something else, yeah. Yeah, I like. I was I've, like, I was like, forget it exists. Move on to something else. I've done, I've done the boss battle. I've gone through the bit afterwards, um, but just I've, I've never had a rogue like deliver story like this. No, totally. And as a story junkie, I was like, this is so good. Like when you have an amazing boon that you could pick up, or your other option, because often in each of these little, they call them encounters. I think. Yeah, yeah. Each of these encounters, you'll have two options. So it might be like. You can get a boon from Ares, or you can get a boon from uh, Poseidon. Sure. There'll be ones where it's like, you can get a boon from this god, or you can have a small encounter with Hercules. Or, no, not Hercules, who was the guy? Sisyphus. Yep. Sisyphus, you had to roll the rock up the hill, or Eurydice, yeah. or like... And admittedly, you will get something from doing that. But it's just like, especially with Sisyphus, he's just this like genial guy who's like, oh... Hello, Mister. Hello, Mister Zagreus. Nice yeah, to yeah. see you again. It's like, oh, I hope I didn't get you in trouble last time. Oh, don't worry about them. Like, I'm stuck in hell. There's nothing they can do. I love when, like, you know, the the, the first few times you play it, you'll probably get up to Megara, but you won't be able to beat her. Mm. And every time you go back, she's like, oh, we're we gonna do this again. How many times are you gonna let me beat you? you yeah, know, like that kind of thing. I loved that ongoing, like, you know, like the the characters remember you. They, yeah. rem- they remember all your failures. They remember that when you've beaten them as well. Like, it's great. I've done 35 runs and I have not encountered a single piece of repeated dialogue yet. Yeah, it's insane, right? Bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers the amount of stuff they wrote for this. And uh, recorded too. It's even it's even little, little things like I love the fact that I can't remember what triggered it, but unlocking the other Furies as boss battles. Yeah. Have you... Did you... Yeah, I've, I've played the other Furies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and even Bone Hydra. The Bone Hydra, it's subtle, but like you can. Oh yeah, he'll be he'll be like, you look different today. Yeah, he's yeah. got like little he's got like little horns coming out of his head, and the horns will look different, and it indicates like, oh, this one throws out enemies that like little bony eggs that yes. turn into enemies that attack you, or this one fires projectiles. Like you get these different boss battles. Yeah, for the first variations. two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the third one never varies. But that you know of. Uh, actually, it does vary. Sometimes you only hit, encounter one of them. No, you can get a mid... Oh, each of these... Each level has a mid-level yeah, boss, boss as yeah. well. And it changes up who the mid-level boss might be. Occasionally, you get the... Um, Minotaur. Minotaur as a mid-level boss. 
it's who's the other? It's the Minotaur and the other kind. The uh, the other guy. He will call on a different god, right? To, to oh, like, okay, right. As so. his as his power kind of thing. Um, everybody that like obviously we you know we know people who love video games and they all found this independent of us. Everyone that I recommended this game to, the next time I talk to them will be like, I have not stopped playing this game <laughs> since. Like a friend at work, I was like, you got to check out Hades. And the next morning, he's like, I was up till 2am last night just playing Hades. What one, f- oh, one more run. One more yeah, run. Yeah, I bet I can get it next run. Yeah. It's so Moorish in that sense. Um, yeah, I just I and, thought... And, yeah, and every run, you do have like at least one thing that you can upgrade or like work towards. Yeah. No run is fully useless. Yeah, and even like... I've definitely had runs where I'm like, look, the the list of boons that I've been offered, I haven't been able to put together anything good for it. So the rest of this run is just I'm collecting currency. Yep. To fuel me up for my next run kind of thing. Yeah. Great game. Um, Supergiant. I mean, rank the Supergiant games, John. Bastion is still number one. Yep. Uh, Hades next. I haven't played Pyre, so I can't put it in there. Yeah, it would be Bastion, Hades. Transistor. Transistor. Yep. Something about the combat in Transistor, the weird, like, it can be real-time or it can be turn-based. Yeah. Like, and then the, uh, the the narration is a bit simpy. Yeah. As well. <laughs> oh, my beautiful girl. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, lo- I love the... The narration is so good in Bastion and the the just the, oh my God, a new weapon. Yes, I get to max out this weapon and, like, do all the challenges related to it. They definitely brought that aspect of it into Hades too. Yeah. Like, oh my god, yes, I can almost afford the next weapon. Yeah. yeah. I definitely you're right actually. I was while playing it, I was thinking like, fuck, this is like Bastion in yep. that I can find the weapon I like to play with. Yes. And really focus on that. Um, um, so that's uh John's number one, my number two. My number one and John's number two is uh Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yes. The uh the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, a game that I only played for the first time last year when they released it on Switch. Um and actually that same uh, oh yes Switch uh, uh, Indie Indie Direct um, They shadow dropped That Ori and the Will of the Wisps Was uh, available on Switch as well And I didn't pick that up Or I didn't pick, pick up Spiritfarer <laughs> I waited for Until I got an Xbox And both of them were on Game Pass And then True. I played them And both of them were in my top three of the Yeah year, So go figure um, um, Developed by Moon Studios Out of Austria and published by Xbox Game Studios. So at the moment, you can play it on PC, Xbox, and Switch. Yes. Um, we should say Hades is available on just PC and Switch. Yes. Uh, at the moment, I imagine there's going to be a lot of hoopla when they finally bring it to other consoles. Definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, in a year where in a year where um, Nintendo didn't have that many exclusives, like Hades was definitely like the the main game. Yeah. People were playing on their Switch. Um, but man, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So when I first played Ori and the Blind Forest, I, I really found it very really charming. Um, I loved the first few hours of it. Then I found it got really like, it just kind of fell into a rut. And instead of having like boss encounters, you just had like these big chases where mm-hmm. if you like died on the chase, like, you know, with like one second to go, you back have to, the to do beginning. the chase back to the beginning. Um, and there were so many moments like that. The final, the final like level was like, you know, you're, you're trapped inside this like volcano or some shit. Um, I just found it, I don't know, I just, everything I loved about the game, it just stopped giving me. Yes. Um, but when you're initially, like, you know, getting new mechanics and unlocking new things, um, it is fun. However, I never got the itch to go back and, like, unlock everything on the map, 100% the map, um, and, and complete the game beyond just rolling the credits. Um, I heard great things about Ori and, and the Will of the Wisp when it came out. A lot of people talked about how buggy it was. Weird. Um, when, it, when it initially came out. 
Um, but when I played it, it was smooth as fuck. In fact, it's probably the best looking game that I've played since I got an OLED television last month, um, which I know is a, you know, is a stat that everyone can't wait to hear more about <laughs> on, on the show. Um, but this is like, I would compare this to the difference between Steamworld Dig and Steamworld Dig 2, where Steamworld wow, Dig okay. is like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, kind of a Metroidvania, not really. You know, all you're doing is digging in and you upgrade. SteamWorld Dig gives you all these extra incredible weapon and 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 vehicular like you know uh, like you know getting around sure. upgrades gives you a story it gives you so it dangles so many like little things in front of you that you've just got to keep going back and you know every area of the map it's always telling you how much of the percentage you've you've completed and Ori does all that and more like I feel like Ori Will and the Wisp is like. 200% better than the first game for me. Look, it, it comes down to five words, Levens. They gave Ori a sword. I thought you were going to say six words. They gave Ori a map cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite aspect of Hol- Hollow Knight oh, was course. like going, oh my God, I'm in a new area. I don't have a map. Where's the map cunt? I need to get the, I need to get the map of the map cunt. They have one. He, look, he's not does not hold a candle to the map cunt oh, in, sure. uh, in Hollow Knight, but he has one and the, the effort is not going unnoticed. Thank you very much, Moon Studios. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I just I remember when I was first playing, and I'm like, he has a sword now. It's yeah. a sword, yay! It's ho- it's Hollow Knight. In well, yeah, I mean, like Hollow Knight definitely was like, oh, this is really good, but they were clearly influenced by Ori and the Blind Forest, and then Will the Wisdom, like, this is really good. They were clearly influenced by Hollow Knight. Yeah, I think that's good. I don't know. Like, yeah, they they sure. still very much feel like their own games, but they took good aspects from each of the. I think it's I think it's with this. It was almost a case of like. They nailed the art style in the first one. Mm-hmm. So the art in this one is a continuation. There are obviously improvements because, you know, you improve over time. Oh, it, it, this game looks so... I mean, I played the majority of Ori, the first Ori on my Switch in handheld, but I played this one on big TV. God, it looked good. Sure. I'm just saying they've, they'd, they'd locked the aesthetic down in the first yeah, one. Yeah, of course, yeah. So it kind of continued on for this one. So I think that might have freed up a bit of space to be like, let's pack in some cool mechanics. Let's really, like tinker with how Ori works in this world and that I think because I, I agree with you it's like it's almost chalk and cheese um, comparing the first one to the second one yep. just all the shit you can do in the first one I mean the second one they still have some of those escape sequences in they're there. way more fun they are way more fun a bit more yeah. forgiving and like there are there's checkpoints in at least one of them yeah um, definitely yeah um the boss battles are great. Well, there, there were, like there were no. Am I wrong in thinking? Were there any boss battles in the first game? Or was it only escape sequences? I'm gonna look that up cause because I, yeah, I don't remember them being, or certainly it wasn't any memorable ones. Whereas the boss battles in this are awesome. Yes, that spider boss battle. Ooh, wait. that whole spider level. Oh my god, where like you can't go in the dark, or else you get like killed by the bugs in the dark. Yeah, so you have to like slowly navigate, like like follow a, a glow a glow worm through the terrain fuck that was that's one of my favorite levels and i would compare it to my favorite level in hollow knight which is kind of similar where like you're in the spider's den or whatever and like the floor keeps falling out from underneath you um i don't know if you remember that at all it's like where you like you start the level of getting cocooned when you think yes. you're, when you think you're about to sit down on a save bench that's right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um um i think there's only you're looking at the boss. Is there a boss level? I think all the bosses that it's got in this page are all from Will of the Wisps. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. Um, one thing, one criticism that I have that I wish that it brought over from the first one is that one of my favorite things was you use some of your energy to create a save point. 
save yes. spot. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in the first game, whereas this game relies on like, you know, uh, you know, auto saving checkpoints. Sure. Which I didn't find anywhere near as fun, and it kind of took away some of the strategy of how I played. Yep. The first game, but minor flaw. Minor flaw. Totally. Yeah. Um, I uh, I got so hooked on this. Yeah. Um, that I have done absolutely everything I can do on the map. I've 100%ed it. I've gotten found every little, like, you know, upgrade, every soul thing. I've bought all the shit you can buy. I was like, man, maybe I can, like, get all the trophies and get, like, the whatever the Microsoft equivalent of a platinum is. They are so fucked. You have to f- complete the game on hard, and you can't fall in the water even once. Right. And also you can't... I think one of them is that you have to do the whole thing without taking a hit of damage. Sure. No. No. It's too, too not, ridiculous. Not a chance. Um, so did you do the spirit races? Yeah, I ended up doing all oh, of them. Oh, you finished all of them? Yeah, Because yeah, you yeah. messaged me and were like, these are... Fuck these. Yeah, I did all of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I um, I definitely like... I definitely did my thing that I normally do with these kinds of games where I, I get... You see the end in the... like. Getting yes. closer, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to stop all progress, I'm going to run around the map, I'm going to pick up everything I can find, I'm going to track down all I the I feel like there was a points. bunch of stuff you couldn't do until you finished the game, though. Really? Yeah, to, like some, some upgrades I just couldn't get access until I absolutely finished the game. I did encounter a few bugs where it wouldn't, I wouldn't get the, the, the achievement notification until okay. I quit out of the game and then opened it back up again. Oh, yeah, right, right, a few right. Like That's that. a bit weird. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, it was, it was a game that I... I think I'm definitely fair to say of my top five, especially my top three, a game where I willingly give myself to the game as opposed to that. Like there are definitely some games I played this year where I'm like, I need something new to talk about on the podcast. I'll play this yeah. three hours in and I'm like a little bit further, just find something else I need to talk about. Then there are games like Hades, like Will of the Wisps, like Wasteland 3, etc., where I'm like, I need to put aside everything else I'm doing so I can just yeah, dive into this, this game. This game ruined my life and, for a week. And stay in it for a while. I just, I, yeah. I, could, I, I cut out so much needed sleep that I needed in, yeah. in, in December of all months just so I could play and finish and, and 100%. And then, you know, the night I finished Spiritfarer, I finished Ori Will Lewis at 2am and I was like, I'm not really tired yet, even though I had to be up at fucking 6.30. Okay. And then I stayed up till 3am playing Spiritfarer. Damn, I'm okay. an idiot. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a stupid person. No, you're about you're about that life. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I just uh, yeah. So Ori Willem was like just. I mean, the music in it. I feel like when I think you talked about it when the game came out, so I wouldn't have put a piece of music from Ori Two as like the end credits. Probably, so I'm definitely yeah. going to because I think it uh it it rivals like Joe Hisaishi who does all of the um orchestral music for the Studio Ghibli movies in parts. It's a gorgeous score. It looks fucking great. It and above everything else, it plays so well. And I loved the 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 was it the, the grove or whatever like the the, the middle of the oh map yeah yeah where, yeah the little town thing and, that you and you have essentially you have like and this even this felt a little bit Animal Crossing you have like all these yeah this has like missions that you have to do for various characters you meet and one of the missions that you do is like you 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 discover like this town that you become inhabited of um, and you and you start doing like jobs for everyone that lives in the town and you've got to find these little upgrade things that then allow the kind of I guess he's like the mayor of the town or whatever sure. to upgrade the town. And every time he upgrades it, you unlock like new areas of this area that you can then find new upgrades for yourself in. Yeah. Just like so many great systems in this game. I was, yeah, like once I, cause I, I took a 
took a couple days to get into it. And then once I hit a certain point, I was like, oh, wow, this is so much better than the first game. Yeah. The sword um, and all of the all the up- combat upgrades are so good. The, the hammer. Oh, yeah, love yeah, the hammer. Great. And then or even just, you know, I love the, you know, his ability to kind of stop a projectile in midair or even an enemy and then like kind of use it as a jumping point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, great. Then, and you can fire the, the, the projectile back at the enemy who shot it at you. Yeah. So much fun. Great use of... um. Well used for both combat and puzzles. Yeah, and then this game, yeah, you unlock it. You can unlock a triple jump. Yeah. Um, and it had that thing from Hollow Knight where you have, like, all of the like the upgrade beads that you can put in. To, like, sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ones in this can be are really, really useful. Yeah. Um, great great story, too. I love that little baby owl. Yeah. Um, and Heartbreaking. Really, like, the, the big frog. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, When the big frog goes evil, I was like... Not the big frog. Damn! Why not the map cunt? Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, man, I, I, I was very surprised when I, I kind of hit the 10 hour mark and I was like, it's my favorite game of the year. Yeah. Damn. Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's my number one. Yeah. Um, that's, that's our, that's our collective ones and twos. Do you want to go from, from the start? What was your, yeah, what was your top let's, 10, John? Let's do it from the top. For, for those who are just tuning in two hours into the podcast. Uh, so my top 10 from the bottom, number 10 is Cook, Serve, Delicious. Uh, number nine is There Is No Game, colon, Wrong Dimension. Number eight is Sludge Life. Number seven, Carrion. Number six, Super Hot, Mind Control Delete. Number five, Paradise Killer. Number four, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Number three, Wasteland 3. Number two, Ori, Will of the Wisps. And number one, Hades. Levens, hit it. Number 10, Going Under. Number nine, The Eternal Castle Remastered. Number eight, Phenotopia Awakening, number seven, Kato, number six, Carrion, number five, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, number four, Disc Room, number three, Spiritfarer, number two, Hades, and number one, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The last game that I completed in uh, in 2020 was a Metroidvania, and funnily enough, the first game was too. Oh, wow. was Kunai. Do you remember that game? Yes, that's great pretty, game. That was pretty good. Yeah, Kunai was fun. <laughs> pretty good. Um, was it in your in honorable mentions, though? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> honorable mentions. My honorable mentions are stuff from this year that didn't make the top ten, but I still thought it was worth giving some shine to. Please, they were fun in there. Shine anyway. on. Uh, first up, we got Cardo. Discussed earlier, Sunhead Games, uh, published by Humble Games. Next up, Spiritfarer, Thunder Lotus, self-published. Uh, Disc Room, obviously discussed earlier. Uh, in other waters, that like extraterrestrial ocean exploration oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all, all of these games we've talked about in previous episodes, I think. A so. lot of them we have. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple we haven't. Um, so developed by Jump Over the Age and published by Fellow Traveller, who also did... I mentioned it not very long ago. Uh, Paradise Killer, yeah. So interesting that that's like a, an Australian indie like publisher yeah it's cool how like how many good australian indie studios there are now i feel like like growing up it was always like oh yeah and and you can play this australian made nintendo 64 game which is called like oh no it wouldn't even be nintendo 64 it would be like a playstation one aping the nintendo 64 be like like oh fuckhead the tiger yeah or blokes cricket or something like that (laughs) um uh world of horror developed by Panstas, that's a game that I wish I played in 2020. Even though I bought it, it's on my, it's on the computer that I'm looking at right now. But oh, I, really? I never opened it. Yeah, of course. You don't, you don't do games on. It's your work. Well, that, yeah, that in itself is the world of horror, my friend. Yeah, playing a game on my computer. Yeah, spooky. I, yeah, it's doing your taxes. That's your world of horror. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
developed by Panstas, aka Powell Kosminski, published by Yzbrid Games, who publishes one of the worst games I've ever played, that Y... Y-I-I-K, oh, Y-2-K yeah, right. one. In their defense, or, that sounded like a good game when they probably started, when they probably signed on to publish it. Sure. Yeah. Stinker, though. Um, uh, so World of Horror is like a, a very old school one bit, like, you know, you play a, a, a woman in a town that's slowly being taken over by the old gods. Everything's going crazy. Creepy shit happens. Um, going Under, Agro Crab, Team great, 17. Great Streets of Rage 4. I enjoyed Streets of Rage 4. I thought it was fun. Fucking kicking soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. And great, um, I mean, it looks great too. Yeah, it looked fantastic. Uh, self-published by Dot Emu. Alba, a wildlife adventure. So this is oh, by... Oh yeah, this is on um, Apple Arcade. This came it? very close to my top 10. Uh, it's, pol- it's developed by Us2 Games, who you might recognize as being the developers of Monument. Mm-hmm. Monument? Monument Valley? Yes, Monument Valley. Monument Valley 1 and 2. Um, I like similar to Cardo. This was a game that was like it, you you play a young girl called Alba who goes to this small island for summer holidays with her grandparents. The grandparents give you a a phone to take photos with, and uh, upon which also is an app that acts as a wildlife guide. Mm-hmm. You explore the island. You take photos of the wildlife, kind of like collecting each of these ones. The same time, uh, uh, the mayor has like collaborated with a property developer to put a new hotel where a nature reserve was. <laughs> so you and your friend are like trying to fight the mayor to stop them from doing that. It's just such a sweet and lovely game with a great like little environmental message to it. I loved playing. Like I played it through Apple Arcade, but it's available on. I and think... it, it plays well on Apple Apple, Apple Arcade. Um, my phone screen after playing for two minutes my phone screen would start to dim because the phone would heat up so much that it would like yeah I I, uh, one thing I really need to do that I said I would do last year is hook up um, because I have Apple TV yeah if I hook up like my old PS4 controller I could then use it as a controller that would probably be a great way to do it Um, but yeah I I think when I played it I recommended it to you and Archie yeah I think it's it's be very fun to play with kids um and a great island to explore, great art. Yeah, yeah, excellent. real lovely. Um, Hunt down. Oh, that was fun. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was it was a good retro yeah. platforming experience. Fun, you know, nice, fun, different bosses and good enemies combat. to wade through. Good combat. Uh, I am dead by Hollow Ponds, published by Annapurna. Um, I know Jed really liked this. Yeah, a few people recommended this one. Yeah, to me. I, as I, if I listened. I yeah. <laughs> I found it a bit slow, but I should go back and give it another try. Um, what is going on? Keep going. I'm, I'm trying to get Archie out here to give his, uh, okay. his top five. Um, <laughs> next up is Space Court by Uphill Promise, uh, self-published. This is a game I picked up just over the last week. It is this very funny, weird little game where you play a judge in Space Court who has to like uh, sort of diplomatically try get alien races to sort of sort their problems out. It's very funny. Yeah, great. Yeah, had a great time. It's 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 all like you know, it's all dialogue based. So you know, an alien race will be like, "We want to kill this race," and you're gonna be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on." Oh, we got a special special guest, everybody. Archie, come on, come be on the podcast. Yes, Archie's here. Archie, um, Archie turns seven in how many days? Um, five. Five days until you turn seven. <laughs> he turns um, five and seven. So we are doing our best. Indie games of 2020. 
What were your favorite games that you played with me this year? Do you remember? So I put, I put Carto in my top 10. Is that one of your favorites? Yes. Um, what else do you remember? What, what, what did you like about Carto? Um, the puzzle part. Yeah, that was fun. And what were we just playing earlier today? Chogs. Fogs. Fogs. Where you played as like a, a big long dog. What else? What else do you remember? Do you have any favorite moment, moments of gaming? My favorite moment of gaming with you was playing in one night. We played all of a short hike. That was the best, and and I feel like, I think we both almost started crying at the end of it because it was such a sweet ending. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so without what, what do you reckon? So okay, the games that I know you played with me was Cardo, a short hike. We played Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Um, you played Watam. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah. Um, and we played Good Job, and we played Fogs. Can you tell me your favorite from all those games? Oh, and Animal Crossing's in there too. What's your favorite from all those games? <laughs> you know, that's the full list. You didn't play all of those. Come on, time is money, Archie. <laughs> um, favorite game of 2020, go. Just I forgot what the... You forgot? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that? I Ori in... what the options were. Okay. Ori and the Will of the Wisps? <laughs> you didn't play that one. <laughs> Archie, who was your favorite god in Hades? Aries, man, those yeah. those doom hits. Okay, okay, here are the games that I know you played. Okay, try and remember them: Spiritfarer, A Short Hike, What Arm, Good Job, Fogs, or Carto. <laughs> I reckon it's out of Carto and a, and a Short Hike, which is your favorite of those two. Come on, we need the Archie Levens Game of the Year 2020. What this is podcast it? Podcast is not. Tom. What time? What time was your favorite game of the year? Or and Carto. Why was What time your favorite? It was so funny. Because <laughs> of the poops. Yeah, and the and the big tree. Everyone loves the big and tree. The, <laughs> and the and the square how it how it like boomed. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, okay. What time? There you go. Archie's official game of twenty twenty. But Carto is up there as well. Okay, it's Ca- like at the same time. Oh, we got dual number ones. That's fine. You can have a tied number one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Archie. Do you got any, any messages for the podcast before you go? Back to whatever else you were doing? What were you doing? What are you and mum doing? Um, you playing video games? No. What are you doing? Playing things on the iPad. Okay, cool. All right. See you, Archie. Bye, Archie. <laughs> Best segment of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so there were two other games to shout out. Mm-hmm. Um... Arrest of a Stone Buddha by Yeo, published by Circle Entertainment. Just like a fucking, such a weird game, but so, uh, like just a piece of art. Yes. Yeah. I loved, I loved the action in it. Um, there was unfortunately too much action for me. <laughs> so very, very difficult. We're, we're, we were both game, both bad as hell at that game. Yeah, we yeah. Both, both enjoyed our time. But um, I definitely think Yeo shouldn't like, I remember you showing me tweets from him. So discouraged by the critical response yeah. to his games, yeah. Saying like, "Oh, he's going to turn away from it." I stick with it, man. Like, you've I got, hope he keeps making games. You've so. got a special something. Ringo Ishikawa is still my favorite of his games by far, but Definitely. I think Arrested of the Stone Buller was it was really special too. And finally, uh, bought it earlier in the year, and it's just sat on my Switch for ages. I got a few. But of finally, those. turned around to it. Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Oh yeah, I got that too. Yeah. 
It's like a puzzle game, right? No, oh, it's just it's just. Oh no, it's like a it's like a day and like an afternoon as a family on a vacation or something, right? It's it's sort of. Let a, me keep guessing. A day, yeah, it's a uh, incredibly violent first person shoot. No, it's you play basically a a a couple on a camping trip. Yep. With um one of the couple's niece and her boyfriend, and it's just it's all done through dialogue. It's not it's not taxing in any way, shape, or form. You could probably knock it over in two hours. But it's just a lovely like little slice of life for these two these two couples who are like you know, obviously the niece is a much younger around like early teens couple and then you've got the aunt and uncle who are like much older and the the teens are sort of trying to feel out what is a relationship, what is what does that mean? The old couple, there's like a scene where they have a discussion about having children. Mm-hmm. And one of them is very much not on board with it. And the other's just trying to be like, I just want to talk about it. That's all I want to do. Um, yeah, I, I had a great time with it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, definitely that, that, worth... That's on my, on my Switch and therefore on my list of games that I should play. Circling um, back. Uh, a game that I also is on my PS5 that I haven't played yet that I'm definitely looking forward to is the Annapurna published game, The Pathless. Okay, yep. Um, I have really great things about that game. I just never got around to, uh, to opening it. I, uh, yeah. I look forward to doing that eventually. I think I've complained on this podcast before that I tried it on Apple Arcade and it was not good. So speaking of Apple Arcade very briefly, um, obviously we had, I think we both had about three or so yes. Apple Arcade games that made our um, best of 2019, but uh, none on our best of 2020. So I just want to go through a few um, Apple Arcade games that I really enjoyed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, World's End Club is almost like a um like a murder mystery um like japanese uh like a um visual novel kind of vibe really really great voice acting really funny um so another another visual novel uh, necro barista which is actually i've got that downloaded yeah in in uh, in melbourne australia um and then uh i think it's called a monster's expedition yes I know the one you're talking about. Uh, that one came out quite recently. It's like a puzzle game mm-hmm. um, where um, this monster can like knock down trees into water and use the trees to walk over islands, but certain trees can only be knocked over certain amounts of distance. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty fun. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. And um, finally, this only came out recently. And um, I mean, as if we, the, world, the world needs all the small games to shout out. Yet another Devolver game. <laughs> but um, a big fan of the Reigns series. Um, yes, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, there's been reigns where you play as a, a king, and every time the king, you as a king, die, you then get reborn as another king, and it's about trying to last as long as you can while keeping. I think it's like wealth, people, the religion, religion, and uh, military gov- might. Um, yeah, like keeping everyone happy, and as soon as you give too much to one place, they over they overpower you and you die. Mm. Or if you make someone go all the way down to zero, they they rebel and kill you. Yes. Um, so they just released a new one called Reigns Beyond, yep. which is a sci-fi one. Have you put any time into this yet, John? I have, yeah. How fucking good is it? It's it's interesting. I I find some of the new mechanics like choosing which path to take. I haven't. It's quite, a much deeper game. Than I the haven't other quite games. figured out like how to to game that to my benefit. It's not really a five minutes on the shitter kind of game. It's it's an adventure told yes. through the reins. I was, I find it very interesting you talking about like if you max or min something you die. This is definitely more gentle in yes. that you'll max something out and it'll almost give you like you can step back a little bit from the precipice and try work your way back yeah, to the no, story totally, again. Yeah. There's a um so the, the it's about like you're a captain of a starship 
who starts a band essentially or joins mm-hmm. a band. So there are there are moments where you play a concert f- on a planet, and that kind of turns into what would you describe that as? Like, you know, when you're playing guitar and you need to like steer the guitar along the path. Oh yeah. Have you yeah. not played any concerts I, I, in the game? I, I, yeah, it's it's like kind of a guitar hero. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sort of. To a, yeah. Um, no, no, you're right. No, it's way kind of like it's a that weird skill tester thing that you used to do it where you can't move. It's like a physical thing where you have yeah. like a metallic circle and, and you've got to move it over a rod. Yeah. And if you touch the sides, it goes meh. It's like yeah. operation, the game yeah. almost. It's, it's like you're flying the guitar and you need to hit musical notes and you swipe back and forth to steer the guitar. Very basic. Yeah. It's very basic. You're right. I forgot yeah. about that aspect. That aspect sucks. Yeah. So yeah. there was... It, I, I played for quite a while and then I find with Reigns games, you sort of start hitting a loop of like experiences... And you almost need to like, I need to knuckle down and break the loop or I'll just move on to something else. And I think I hit move on to something else. Yeah. At that point. I, I really, I look, I, I played it in like an Uber and, and maybe a few bus riders or something like that. Sure. And uh, I really enjoyed the writing in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun, of course. Fun game. Always, definitely, definitely worth a shot. If always you, if, great. If you still have uh, Apple Arcade, um, definitely check it out. I'm about to lock into Apple One, which okay. is where they um, group all... together. Like you get like 200 terabytes of... Um, Storage. Sorry. Is it 200 terabytes? Maybe it is. It's, it's, a, it's an insane amount. Maybe it's two terabytes. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> two terabytes of storage. storage. Um, Apple Arcade, Apple um, Music, Apple TV, and Apple News and Apple Fitness Plus mm-hmm. for your family. So I have like every, like the kids use it on their iPads. My wife uses sure, Apple Music sure, sure. on her phone for like 40 bucks a month. That's yeah, pretty good. Which kind of, it's, it's less than what I'm paying for all these things at the moment anyway. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to lock into the Apple Arcade. Archie Archie just plays Pac-Man every single day. Sure. The Pac-Man game on Apple Arcade is really fun. Okay. There was other, there's one other Apple Arcade game called All of You. Oh, yeah? That I quite enjoyed. It's like a little puzzle game where you're trying to get a chicken to get back to its chicks. And it's sort of like, it's presented as like circles essentially that the chicken wanders across. And so you can like tap to unpause the circle tap to pause it again oh fun there's somewhere you can like switch the order in which the circles occur you can like turn the circle around so left is right and right is left all yeah cool stuff lots of great puzzle mechanics you liked um no way out as well right no way out the one by smg studio oh yeah that was pretty fun that was last year i think uh okay cool yeah maybe maybe who knows um so games that i missed out on this year i'll run through them real quick Roki, um which was the like the sort of adventurish game set in like Norse mythology sort of thing. Uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Yep, you'll love that, man. Um, Spelunky Two. Yes, God, yeah, yeah. Want to give it a try? Definitely. It's like they're, they're both going to announce the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Um, I've even played the first one. I have it on Vita. I've played. Play I've played it on PC. Um, a game called Umarangi Destination. It's like a game where you kind of take photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much, it's sort of like a futuristic city, but the whole thing was inspired by like the bushfires from in late 2019. Um, and Song, which I just bought on my Switch. Do I have that? Song. Song is that? I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I have that on my phone. It's by the guy who developed um, uh, Pinstripe, which was a fun, creepy little platformer I played a while okay. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Never Song is on um, Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade. Well, here's idiot me buying it on Switch. I played some of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about coming up 2021? It's almost here, Levens. Uh, so, the big one I'm excited for is uh, the new one by Yacht Club Games Cyber Shadow. That's the one. Um, coming and- out Jan 26th. 
And then a couple of days before that is another game that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, the name of which escapes me. You, just to go through your list and I'll tell you what it is. Uh, a couple of days after is Ali- Aliha. Oh, Aliha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just said Cyber Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aliha, the, uh, uh, the next Devolver game. Yeah, developed with by the, Skeleton Crew Studio coming out on gun. Devolver. Uh, I've thrown Scott Pilgrim in here. It's and a Ubisoft developed game. That's not a small game. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's the, the the guy who uh, made the pixel art is is Paul. What's his name? He's a legend. Yeah, he's Australian. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. that, that game's great. I mean, we always talk. We always compare other brawlers. Yes. To that game. Yes. And it's going to be exciting to have that game back on uh, consoles. So, Cyber Shadow, Jan twenty sixth. Alika, um, Jan twenty eighth. Little Nightmares two, February eleven. Uh, the rest of these, uh, no date thus far, and there's probably a bunch I'm missing, but this is just the ones that came off the top of my head. The Dungeon Experience, which is that new Jacob Janurka game, the guy that made Paradigm. Oh, yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Stray. So that was the uh, like PS PC exclusive game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where you play a cat in like, right. a cyberpunk kind of city. That looks fucking rad. 12 Minutes. Um, that game that's like a 12-minute a loop where, like, you need to work out how to stop the police from arresting you and killing your wife. Okay, fine. Both of those published by Annapurna. Uh, Backbone, which is that, like, animal, that that detective game set in a world populated by anthropomorphic animals. Really looking forward to that. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Eventually, fingers maybe. crossed. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, knows. a lot of these are hopefully it's coming. They, were, they, were, they just did a magazine feature. Oh yeah, um, but that, no date in that. But they did one. That's still, you know, yeah. I'll take any good sign. Yeah, totally. Any light at an end of a tunnel. Uh, Road ninety six, which was announced during the Game Awards, it's a procedurally generated road trip game. So it looks like you know you go on a journey and it just slots in various events and changes Fine. what your road trip will be. Uh, Season, which is another game announced during the Game Awards. Um, you play a guy who is traveling around a sort of uh, beautiful yet dying world trying to capture as many memories as you can. Mm-hmm. Looks fantastic. Um, Solar Ash, which is the next game by the Hyperlight Drifters team. Uh, and Tunic, that little uh, Zelda-like on Xbox. Oh yeah, that's finally Will coming that out. Will ever see the yeah. light of day in 2021? Well, I have an Xbox now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, that's you're fun. Set oh, same as Sable. Time. Yeah, you are set for Sable, baby. When is that coming out? Yeah, true. Sable 2021. Yeah, come, come on. through. Yeah. Shedworks. Uh, do you, you got any? Uh, no, I'm just. I think that's you covered. I've all covered all a of ton of them. I'm very excited for that final week of January, getting Oliha oh, yeah. and um, Cyber Shadow in the same week is yeah. super exciting. Um. Yeah, other than that, hmm. Um, well, because this actually uh, ties into um, an email from Dylan, who Ooh. emailed us last, Hi, Dylan. last week. He said, hey guys, huge fan of the show. I only recently discovered it and I've been going back through the archives, listening about the games I've played and your views on them has been a blast and given me the chance to check out all the ones that I missed. Special shout outs to your recommendations of the Eternal Castle, um, Iconoclasts, Steamworld Dig 2 and Blasphemous. Wouldn't have tried them if not for y'all. And wow, amazing in so many different ways. Well, Dylan, I hope you found lots of good ones in this episode. Yeah. Um, I was wondering what games you're excited about seeing next year. Is anything to be on the lookout for? Um, and more specifically, have you played Oddworld Stranger's Wrath? It's on the Switch now and was one of my favorite games growing up. But was published by EA originally, so I don't know if it counts as an indie. However, you've mentioned Abe's Odyssey in the past. Would love to know, hear your thoughts. I think Stranger's Wrath is like the first person hunting 
like bounty hunting I've game. Only, I've in, only ever played like the first and second in the odd world odd world games. Yeah. I've got no real like. I like the plat- the puzzle platformy ones. It's it's always funny to me Strangers when, when yeah when me. like Oddworld will show up in a game showcase like oh they're doing Oddworld again okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's definitely another one on the way yeah um, which I'm cool with but yeah thanks that, for your email Dylan yeah Dylan those are the, those are the games we're looking forward to next year yes I think we'll we'll probably learn a whole bunch more I guess fairly early in into, into January yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's always there's there's going to be articles coming out of like here's the fifty indie games to pay attention. There was one called like twenty one Minato's Night Market. Okay, do you remember that one? No, there was one I've seen pop up a bunch called Eastwood, which I think I, we saw in oh, like yeah, a showcase man. or something. That, that looks, looks super. That fun. looks really that good. kind of like a um, uh, Earthbound kind of. Uh, I think so. Yeah, the one where it's like two animal characters. Maybe I can't remember. Let me... Mineko's Night Market. Mineko. Um, is the one I was talking about. Um, it was it, apparently it's coming out twenty twenty one. This looks really fun. Um, anyway, pl- plenty of good games are coming out next year. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this podcast. Yeah, Woo. Um, we are just hitting the two and a half hour mark. Yeah. Um, so if you enjoyed this, um, please tell your friends about this podcast um, because we would love to uh, get some more listeners and get more people, uh, you know, in 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 in. In touch with us about the indie games they love. Yeah. Um, if you could spend a moment recommending this to uh, someone who you think would love hearing two good friends talk about great indie games for two and a half hours, pretty niche, but sure. who knows? Maybe you'll find someone, that special someone. Uh, or maybe this is the gateway that they need. They've been yeah. like, I've been the only thing stopping me from list- from playing indie games is not being able to hear two good friends discuss them <laughs> for two and a half hours. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can uh, you can do so by sharing the episode on on social media or just telling them about it or leaving a review on iTunes. Apparently, that helps too. We appreciate any support the show gets, and uh, we thank you for what has been a weird but good year for games. Yes. Indeed. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you had a great Christmas and enjoy your new year. We'll see you very fairly early on into the next one. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> I was going to be like, let's take a break. I'm like, nah, we've already been pretty shady on the thing, but I kind of want to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Do you know so... those, those games make me nauseous? Really? Yeah, I get like seasick playing. Oh, wow. It's bizarre. I don't know why. Because you're, no you're a wuss? No, I, I did the, just the, the way the camera. Is the... it because the tricks are too sick? No, I think it's just the way you <laughs> maneuver the board. In that game, it's, it's it's almost like VR to me. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit weird the way you will suddenly like if you go up a ramp, suddenly your entire field of vision is pitched up. Yes, yeah, weirdly, yeah, it fucks that's, me up. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. All right, bye everybody. Bye bye. Thank you.